Good morning, everybody. If we could take our seats, we have a few presentations and proclamations to get through this morning. And we'll get started with Councilman Template, who's got our first one. You ready? I'm, I'm good. That's violent. Is Miss Violent Peters in the room? Let me look at my Violet Peters. Violet, can you please come on? Come up. Do you want to bring your whole board up? My, uh, yeah, it's actually my team. Why don't you bring your team on up? So, if you guys want to come on up. If the JCVB could join us all, come on up if you don't mind. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, real fast, we have a proclamation just kind of honoring, uh, I, I won't just say tourism, but travel. Uh, and economic development, not just for Jefferson Parish, but for the, for the state and, and our great country. You know, we have uh, Violet Peters here with us from the JCVB uh, and her whole organization, which actually are truly uh, a great team working with Jefferson Parish each and every day for our tourism industry, economic development. Uh, you might know them better for handling some of the events like Family Graw. Last year they helped us with, uh, with the Grand Isle Top and Rodeo and numerous events always promoting Jefferson Parish for tourism, uh, filling our hotels, and making ways to have people visit Jefferson Parish. But not just Jefferson Parish, the region as a whole. So uh, we have a small proclamation here, kind to, uh, to talk about uh, the, the, the importance of travel in our industry and across the country. Uh, it says, whereas travel industry fuels every industry and will continue to be the essential part of Louisiana and Jefferson Parish's economic development, economy, and workforce. Whereas travel is an economic powerhouse for every state and destination across our country, with an economic output of $2.6 trillion, trillion, uh, and within 2022, spending, supporting more than 14 million point five American jobs, whereas travel spending supports vibrant and safe communities in Louisiana and Jefferson Parish and across the United States by generating 84 billion in state and local tax revenue in 2022 to support essential services such as education, emergency response, and public safety, and more. Whereas in 2021, the travel industry of Jefferson Parish announced 21,450 jobs that earned over $575 million while creating an experience for visitors to spend that spent more than $1.56 billion uh, and generated $157 million to the state and local taxes, which averaged 7% below 2019. And you've got to understand, we had COVID hit, and that impacted 
our taxes and economic and travel uh, tourism here in Jefferson Parish in the state of Louisiana. Uh, whereas tra the travel industry cannot recover without the full return of leisure, business, and international inbound travelers, increasing travel and to within the United States, driving America forward to a more prosperous future. Whereas travel is an essential industry, and we must continue to communicate the growing travel leads to economic growth, benefits businesses, and fosters mutual understanding. Therefore, now the Jefferson Parish Council of Jefferson Parish, Louisiana, hereby claims May 7th to May 13th, 2023, shall be known as National Travel and Tourism Week in Jefferson Parish. And thank you all very much for everything you all do here for Jefferson Parish. And Violet, would you like to take the mic? Well, thank you very much. I'm so excited to again recognize National Travel and Tourism Week. And as all of the, whereas is said, right, tourism is big business. It is absolutely economic development. And it brings in lots of revenue, lots of taxes, lots of revenue for our businesses. But at the very foundation, I really want to highlight today, the very foundation of tourism is people, right? It's people. It's people in leadership in government, like the strong leadership from our um, Madam President, from our council, that strong leadership that values and understands what tourism brings to the community. It's our community, the people within the residents, within our community who understand what tourism and value what tourism means and they welcome our visitors. And without them, the culture that we celebrate and highlight wouldn't be here. So that's very important. It's the people who own and, and open new businesses that create experiences for our visitors, right? The business community is very vital to what we do in tourism. Without them, we wouldn't have a lot of the experiences that our visitors enjoy. And it also create, uh, needs, we need the people within the industry. The 21,000 jobs, those people who live in our community, who work in our industry, who are able to have a great quality of life because of the, the jobs provided by our industry, that also the people who visit, right, the people who we speak to, and the people who every day love their destination, promote their destination, the, our board, and our, today I have our team with us, and I want to celebrate the team as well, that they, every day they're meeting and talking with event owners, um, reunion planners, meeting planners, with um, brides, with sports event owners, all of that as well as tour operators and those that, that create travel as their, as their job to bring people here and highlighting the destination that they love. The, the ambassadorship that all of those people, all of us and uh, from the top all the way down, the ambassadorship that we have for our community as a destination really resounds to visitors and it welcomes them. So I want to thank you. I want to thank each council member for the value that you have for tourism and the understanding of, of what it means to our economy. I want to thank the administration and parish president, Cynthia Lee Shang. Thank you for all that you do for tourism. It is amazing that we live and work in a destination that has so much support. So thank you very much for that. 
and, and thank you, uh, Violet. And look, there's nothing more uh, showing of tourism and economic impact and making our errors shine than this last weekend with the Zora Classic, which was here in Jefferson Parish, which all our hotels were full, and the region was proud to have an event that not just only impacted our economic impact here, but the region and the state and the country as well. So congratulations on all your hard work, and I want to present you with this proclamation from the council as a whole, and I would like to ask any of my colleagues if you'd like to come on up and take a photo uh, for a few minutes. Thank you. Well, this one. Do you, you organize us. You got to wait until everybody comes up. <laughs> Come on, close up, my bike. Oh, I Thank you for your thank, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. 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 All right, Councilwoman Van Vranken. So it's really the perfect segue to have spoken about tourism in Jefferson Parish because earlier this month, many of us I know went to um, an event that brought 70 soccer teams from around the world here to Jefferson. So when we talk about tourism and booking hotels and economic impact, uh, La New Orleans Cup is one of those events that we are so proud takes place here in Jefferson Parish. Um, I want to bring up Maria Canizales. Um, to the, to the podium. She um, exemplifies what so many of our Jefferson residents, they've had a career, you worked with Cesar Burgos yeah. for a number of years. years, 17 years. Telephone company for 32. And, okay, I didn't even realize that, telephone company for 32. So, and then she retired. So when I met her, she's organizing an event that has these 70 teams from around the globe. Um, playing soccer here on our fields at Lafreniere. I mean, such a major undertaking. It was a beautiful, picture-perfect day. You ordered the right weather <laughs> and had just a fabulous event. So we wanted to say thank you for organizing um, that event, for making it possible for us all to go out and see teams, you know, compete. The play was amazing. And I was fortunate enough to meet some of the Honduran players that were the victors at the end of the day. So um, there were 93,000, um, I believe, um, dollars in prizes, and the winning team won about... 
3,000. Oh, even more. Yeah. My goodness sakes. Well, for that effort and for all that you did um, to organize that event, to host it here in Jefferson, um, Jefferson Parish uh, pre presents you with this Certificate of Merit. Mm -hmm. Be it known that for outstanding service, the Parish of Jefferson has conferred this Certificate of Merit upon Maria Canizales, Coordinator of La New Orleans Cup, on April 9th through the 10th, 2023, at Lafreniere Park, and it's signed by all of the members of the council. And this was in uh, Councilman Impostado's district in Lafreniere. Um, so uh, we invite all of our colleagues to come down. But if you'd like to say anything, because I think it doubled this year, and uh, I'm sure you're planning for that next year as well. <laughs> yes. Um, first of all, thank you so much. It's always been my uh, dream to come to a council meeting. I um, came to this country when I was 13 years old, and I told my mom, as soon as I can become a citizen, I can vote. I want to be part of this country, part of this government, and I'm very, very grateful. Uh, yes, we work very hard. This, is, this was our fourth edition, and it keeps growing. We went from 20 teams to 32 teams to 52 teams, and now we're up to 70 teams. And we went international because we had teams from Colombia and from Mexico. So we're very excited. We're very grateful to the parish, Jefferson Parish. A lot of the councilmen and other people in the parish work with us and helped us a lot. So we're very, very grateful. Thank you so very much. We're going to invite everyone to come down uh, and take a picture. And Diane Schnell is here. I want to recognize uh, a former school board member um, who also obviously was uh, participating in the event. So we're going to have everything. And I specifically want to thank Scott Walker and Jennifer and Mr. Mm, I always forget his name. Uh, Councilman Ron. Uh, Abbott Lafreniere? Yes. Um, Mr. Impastado. Mr. Impastado. All right, last but not least this morning, Councilman Lee. morning everyone we're excited here today uh, because we have an opportunity uh, to make a presentation 
to a very worthy organization, one that we made a three-year commitment to uh, two years ago, that uh, we would fund uh, their uh, program that uh, involved helping to eliminate some of the challenges we have in the community, such as recidivism and programs for the people who've emerged and came back into our communities who need a second chance. And so we'll ask our good people, United Way, as well as other organizations that may be represented here who are part of making sure that a successful return of incarcerated people have become productive people and those who have been contributing to our communities. And so myself, along with Councilman Edwards, along with Councilman Dino Bonanno, we are so grateful uh, to participate and support worthy program like this. And Mike, if you don't mind, if you share some words with us. Absolutely. Yeah. Pardon me, I'm going high tech here for the first time. I'm using my phone so I don't forget the, the, rec, the recognitions. But, but let, me, let me say this. First of all, Councilman Lee, um, thank you for your leadership and, and getting the support so desperately needed. I think it's no secret that when folks are returning home from prison, um, they, they, re, they see a lot of barriers to returning home transportation, housing, and other basic supports that you need to survive in our community. And the reality is most folks that go to prison are going to come back to the communities that they formerly resided in. So we built the Louisiana Prisoner Reentry Initiative, now called LAPRI, to be able to offer a system of supports for those individuals. And I'm proud to say that um, as people come back, we have a plan for them. And the reality is the majority of the folks that have been entered into our program actually, you know, when they complete, become gainfully employed, the majority, and they go on to lead you know, prosperous lives. And so we couldn't do that without your support and the amazing team um, that we have here and certainly council support. And I want to particularly call out two individuals and share just a brief uh, bit about their story. We have Monique Ledette. That's Monique over... So, so Monique is newly enrolled into the Louisiana Prisoner Reentry Initiative Program. Uh, she was a community referral from the Jefferson Parish Probation and Pro Office. She's receiving case management, assistance with housing, legal services, transportation, other services to assist her as she begins her successful reentry back in to our community. And she's currently exploring job opportunities for the employers out there encourage you to talk to Monique, but she's uh, one of our newest enrollees. And then excited to have Tom, Robert Thomasy with us. Um, he actually enrolled while he was still incarcerated um, in the program in 2021, and he, um, and he was enrolled in the program in 2021 as he was preparing to go before the parole board after serving 24 years in prison. Um, we secured transitional housing for him. We were able to present to the parole board to support his request for parole. Robert was paroled, and we continue to offer him case management services, legal services, and other services to assist him with his successful journey um, back home. But out to, to, to keep it brief, um, he just showed a picture a few minutes ago of a car that he purchased 
so he can begin to enjoy the, the, the lives that we all enjoy as well. So super proud of Monique and Robert for their success, but they're only two of many that have been through the program because of your collective support, you know, Councilman Lee. So we want to thank you for that, and certainly to our team here from United West Southeast Louisiana, we'll express their thanks as well. So thank you again. We really appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Ask all our colleagues to come down and join us in this picture. No. We have uh, one more presentation. Chrissy, would you please come up? Come on. Come on. This check reads $1 million. $1 million that's coming to Jefferson Parish and monies that you all will be able to use for reentry programs. Please, please give everyone um, uh, some talking points in terms of what we had to do to secure this money and how vital this is. So, good morning, good morning, parish president and council members. I want to thank Councilman Lee for the opportunity to speak about this million dollars and the first ever Jefferson Parish's reentry program. I don't know if y'all are aware, but the month of April is Second Chance Month. And yesterday I had a privilege with attending a breakfast with Tawanda and Darcel and even Councilman Lee um, and heard a powerful message from a formerly incarcerated man. He entered the system at age 16. He was exonerated in 2019. He spent 37 years in prison for a crime he did not commit. He spoke about how important it has been to have support from the community because the majority of his family passed away while he was in prison. With the support of community agencies like United Way, um, he did say to us all that he is hopeful. This is just one example of why when Councilman Lee and the administration and Councilman Bonanno and Edwards and our CAA, Dr. Zimmerman, approached Darcel and I and Tawanda to write a grant application, we said we had to do it. With this grant, JeffCap, in partnership with the United Way, will be able to provide a continuum of care of 50 formerly incarcerated individuals. 
who are returning to Jefferson Parish. Th this award will provide housing assistance, case management, mental health, and legal services and employment support. So it is through the leadership and support of Parish President and our Council that we are able to provide a second chance to Jefferson Parish residents returning from incarceration. Jefferson Parish has made strides in reducing recidivism rates of residents returning from incarceration. Recidivism rates among individuals receiving support services are dramatically lower than those who have not received such support. Lastly, I want to extend my gratitude to the parish president and to all council for your letters of support of this initiative, but in particular, Councilman Byron Lee, Councilman Bonanno, and Councilman Edwards for leveraging this commitment of $300,000 we were able to get and secure a million.
found in the wrong spot. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Jefferson, Car- uh, Jefferson Parish Council meeting for Wednesday, April 26th, 2023. We're in the Joseph S. Yenny Building, 1221 Elmwood Park Boulevard, Jefferson, Louisiana. Thanks for being with us this morning. This meeting is now called to order. Councilwoman Van Franken, please introduce your guest who has today's invocation. So this morning, um, I'm pleased to introduce Pastor Julio Pagan, if he'll come forward. Um, Pastor Pagan actually is the pastor of three uh, different churches, two in Jefferson, one in Gretna, one in Kenner, um, and one uh, in a neighboring parish. He's the pastor of La Iglesia Adventista del Settimo Dia, which is the Seventh-day Adventist church, which has 21 million members worldwide in many locations, uh, congregations here. Um, you know, part of what we celebrate in Jefferson Parish is our diversity, and we have so many communities. Uh, I know this past weekend I was at the Italian Fest in Kenner. That is uh, my heritage. I know Councilman Impostato's heritage and others. Um, but we have such a rich heritage. Um, and one of the things I recall um, a number of years ago becoming aware that uh, Jefferson Parish is actually the largest po- population of Hondurans outside of Honduras. I mean, that is part of what makes us us, um, as well as, of course, many other countries that make up our diversity. So um, we invite Pastor uh, Julio Pagan to lead us in prayer this morning. Pastor. Sure. Before I start, I I would would like to say that I feel honored to be here, and I appreciate the invitation. And uh, I appreciate that you mentioned my last name correctly, Pagan, in Spanish. In English, it would be awful. Pastor Pagan. But anyway, before I pray, I just want to mention something about, I recall an uh, illustration that I read not too long ago in a book. It was talking about Jimmy Carter. He's still alive, amazing. In his inaugural speech, he mentioned an illustration. And he said that one man die and go to heaven. And then Peter received him in the front gate and said, what should I uh, hear from you so I let you get inside? And the guy said, well, I remember I give a 50 cents to a beggar in front of my house. 50 cents? Something else? Peter asked. Well, yeah, in a garage sale, I bought from my poor neighbor a table that I pay 50 cents as well. Only that? Yeah, wait a minute. Let me ask God. And Peter went back and asked God, God, what should I do with this person? He just gave 50 cents to a beggar in 50 cents that bought an old table. And God said, you know what? Give him back the dollar and tell him to go to hell. Mm. (laughs) Well, it's an illustration. It's a funny one. But in a way, it helps us to think that whatever we do in life should be valuable, not only one dollar. And I appreciate your uh, service here because I know your service in the community in Jefferson Parish Council is more than a dollar. We value your efforts. You go beyond your limits, so we appreciate that. In behalf of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, thank you for your marvelous service. Let's bow our head for the word of prayer. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity you gave us to be part of the Jefferson Parish Council. We need your guidance. We need your help. Give us the wisdom to everyone here so they can make right decisions, the correct decisions in order to make our community safe, make our community serve. Thank you, dear Lord, because we know the happiness is when we serve others. Give us that opportunity now and always. Bless these members. Bless everyone here. Bless our family. Bless our spouses. Bless our children. Be with them. Protect them wherever they go, every circumstance, wherever they are. May your Holy Ghost guide this meeting. May your Holy Spirit be in our mind and help us to make the right decision for our Jefferson Parish Council. We ask all this in the marvelous, precious name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Amen. Ms. Shula, can you lead us in the pledge, please? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, Madam Clerk, please call the roll. Chairman Walker. Present. Councilman Template. Present. Councilman Edwards. Present. Councilman Bonanno. Here. Councilman Lee. Here. Councilman Impostato. Present. Councilwoman Van Rankin. Present. Parish President Ms. Lee Shang. Yes, ma'am. And I've completed the roll. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Madam President, the floor is yours. Thank you, Mr. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Is this on? It's on? It's on? Yep. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to start with um, first asking for your favorable consideration for items number 21, 22, and 23 on today's agenda, which makes some much-needed changes to our inspection and code enforcement and property maintenance and zoning quality of life departments. Uh, we've been rearranging some workflow issues with regards to obtaining a permit in Jefferson Parish. And I know you all get some constituent complaints. Uh, we have been hearing about this for quite some time. When I was on the council, um, I would often take calls from constituents about frustrations regarding our permitting process. Some, you know, we, we, we need to own that. Some of them are just confusing. Some of them, their own professionals, people's professionals are, are delaying it. So it's all different situations, but we need to fix what we can on our side. Um, this work touches many, many different departments getting a permit in Jefferson Parish, but it's mainly focused on two departments, our inspection and code enforcement department led by Danny Ferraro and our property maintenance and zoning department led by Liza Kaluta. So sometime last year, I started visiting um, these departments and talking with our management staff as well as our employees um, about really trying to untangle many of these issues um, that we have. They do a tremendous amount of work. Uh, from there, we've been working closely with the chief administrative assistant over these property departments, Juliet Kassan, and then the directors and staff to, to bring about some next level changes with these and make these more efficient. Of course, this is a multifaceted approach we've been taking. Um, again, we've been at this for several months starting last year. We've made many changes already behind the scenes that the public would not even recognize, but behind the scenes to make it more efficient. Um, but many of these changes also require um, 
favorable consideration by our governing body, which is you. So that's why I do want to kind of go over some of these items today. Again, our purpose is to increase efficiency and make it easier for people to do business in Jefferson Parish and obtain their permits. Uh, this is critical to our economy and, and people who are building new buildings, even residential as well, but a lot of this is commercial. The, first, the very first step in any customer service process is making sure our constituents are quickly and easily able to find the department that provides the service they are looking for. Um, we can put as much information as possible on our website, but it's, it's certainly going to be a frustrating process when people are not at step one. They're not able to quickly match the department that they need and find it. And with 43 departments, uh, we don't want to make that misstep at the beginning. So that starts with making sure the name of the department, and we only have a few words to work with, the name of that department uh, reflects the work that they do. Uh, we actually find ourselves now in a situation where the name of the department would direct our customers the wrong way. Therefore, we're proposing a name change for both departments so that at step one, people are not finding themselves in a discouraging situation with the very start of their process with us. With your approval on item number 21, what is now called our Inspection and Code Enforcement Department would be changed to the Building Permits Department. The name that we currently have, Inspection and Code Enforcement, is confusing because actually that department does no enforcement. And the title of this department, Inspection and Code Enforcement, actually does permits, but the word permits is not in the name. So renaming this simply to building permits will quickly allow anyone looking to obtain a building permit to find the department that they need. Item number two would change the department currently called Property Maintenance Zoning Quality of Life to Code Compliance and Enforcement. The current name, Property Maintenance and Zoning Quality of Life, is confusing because people see the word zoning and they always think that's about development and getting permits and that's not the case. And actually, this is the department that enforces. So when people are looking for um, reporting violations of building, vi building and maintenance issues, this is the enforcement arm and this is the department they're looking for. So the new name, Code Compliance and Enforcement, better reflects the duties of this department in making sure properties are in compliance with our code and quality of life standards. So think things such, the examples are like exterior disrepair of structures, we control high grass, junk, abandoned vehicles. That fits in with code compliance and enforcement. So what you see on today's agenda is really just a portion of what we've been working on in order to better serve our constituents and bring these departments to the next level. Up next and in the future, future time, in the next few months, you're going to see a process of an updated website that's going to help people better navigate the process so that when they go to find a permit at the beginning, they're going to be able to sort of have a, a decision tree, if you will, or some visuals or a better understanding of the documents they need at the start of the process. And so their time is maximized and we're not, they're not wasting time. Um, this is a tedious process for us. We have 89 different departments people can apply for. So we're going to work on that, make sure that that gets improved. And we've also looked um, at many of the other duties in, the, in these departments that um, are going to be reassigned to other departments uh, to make sure the professionals are spending their time just making decisions and we're going to be able to shorten those processing times. So that's what item three, the, um, 23, the third one, it cleans up a lot of the internal restructuring and ensures that our ordinances matches the work that they do and matches the shift that we've done in the work 
in the workforce. So I want to thank Juliet and her staff, as well as Greg Giangrosso, for the very, this very intricate research work. Um, these changes that we've made behind the scenes um, has actually touched 167 different sections of the code. So it's, it's been a very tedious process to make sure our ordinances are accurate and match the work that we do. So those are those um, three that we're asking for favorable consideration. In line with this, our, um, our, new, our new department, if, if it's approved, Code Compliance and Enforcement has moved in order to better serve the general public. The East Bank office is, is now located right across the hall in Suite 202 in the Yenny Building, right across from the elevators on the second floor with a new waiting area for walk-ins, and all East Bank personnel located in one centralized office in order to make sure they can be as responsible to, the, to assist the public as possible. And again, this is one of the many steps in this process that I've been talking about. Okay, now I'll switch gears. Um, the, national, the NOAA grant, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, I want to applaud the work of our Ecosystems Coastal Management employee, David Ilgen, who took the initiative to apply for this NOAA grant, which provides us a $4.5 million for the completion of the Living Shore at Bucktown. At our last council meeting on April 12th, nearly 20 years after this project's first conception, the bid for the initial construction was accepted. Living shorelines help reduce erosion, defend against storm surge and rising seas, improve water quality, and establish important shoreline habitat. The project includes constructing a mile-long living shoreline and will restore marshes, tidal creeks, and lagoons along the southern shoreline of Lake Pontchartrain. It's going to protect the existing shoreline and levee from damage from waves, erosion, and storm surge, and will mitigate impacts of future storms. So again, thank you for, to David for taking the initiative and applying for that grant. Um, Jeff Cap has two outreach events this coming week, today, April 26th, from 9 to 3 at the J.C. Simmons Community Center to help families register for um, the 2023-2024 school year for the Head Start and Early Head Start programs. And tomorrow, April 27th, um, at Frank Lemon Playground on Causeway to help citizens in need of utility assistance. In terms of emergency management, our emergency management department will conduct a full-scale public assisted evacuation exercise on Friday, May 5th at the Delgado Community Campus on Airline Drive. The purpose of this exercise is to train our essential employees and test each agency's plans to evacuate the citizens of Jefferson Parish ahead of a disaster. The Jefferson Parish plan for assisting citizens with transportation needs during evacuation is tested and, and exercised once a year. We're going to have approximately 50 volunteers who are going to participate as well as citizens who would be evacuated. Participating agencies will process general population, special needs citizens and pets and needing public assistance to evacuate the area. Elario Center is busy this weekend hosting two big events. The Great Southern Gun and Knife Show is on Saturday and Sunday. Admission is $10 for adults and $2 for kids aged 6 to 11 years old. You can visit www.greatsoutherngunshow.com for more information. And the National Gymnastics Association Louisiana State Championships will take place on Saturday and Sunday. Again, admission is 15 for adults and $10 for kids 5 to 12 years old. And for a school, full schedule of those events, www.la-nga.info. Keep Louisiana Beautiful, Lafreniere Park was selected as one of 98 recipients for the 2023 Keep Louisiana Beautiful Trash Receptacle Grant Program made possible with funding from the state of Louisiana and the Office of the Lieutenant Governor. As part of this grant, we received 10 new trash cans at the park. Recent data collected by Keep Louisiana Beautiful shows a reduction of litter by 56% in areas where trash receptacles are properly installed and maintained. And we're going to perform a post-installation litter scan and compare the data collected to preliminary scan results to determine how this has helped litter in the park. 
And then our library staff, this is really exciting, are preparing for the launch of the new Library of Things with a festival scheduled on May 20th at the Terrytown branch from 10 to 2, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. The collection is part of a larger Beyond Books initiative to expand library services and foster community engagement. Outside, we're going to have live music along with cornhole, pickleball, food trucks for lunch, and there's going to be various demonstrations going on inside the library to show the Library of Things items. And these are all things that people are going to be able to check out. Uh, staff will show families how to use an old-fashioned ice cream maker for a cool summer treat and an air fryer for snacks. Other activities include story time with crafts and a photo booth for patrons to commemorate the day. And then in partnership with YMCA, the East Bank Regional, Terrytown, and North Kenner Libraries will host our new ESL for Work classes that will allow attendees the opportunity to learn English skills for the workplace. And the classes will launch April 26th at the three branch libraries. The LSU Ag Center will present five free gardening and lawn care seminars at the West Bank Regional Library on Tuesday from May 2nd through May 30th. And the West Bank Regional Library will be recruiting teen volunteers aged 13 to 18 for the summer, beginning May 15th. And so for more information on those library events, just check out our website at www.jplibrary.net. And then lastly, the Jefferson Parish Water Department and partners throughout North America are celebrating Drinking Water Week, a decades-long tradition led by the American Water Works Association on May 7th through 13th. Drinking Water Week is a celebration recognizing the vital role water plays in everyday life for both water professionals and the communities they serve. This year, Drinking Water Week encourages participants to recognize and honor the critical work that water professionals accomplish around the clock to, to deliver quality tap water while bolstering resilience for water in the future. Jefferson Parish is observing Drinking Water Week by inviting the public to learn its role in protecting public health and the environment now and in the future. And during the week of May 7th, there's going to be water bottles hanging over designated water coolers on the first and sixth floor. And we'll also have a sign um, in the middle of the elevators on the first floor with tables of water bottles and information booklets. Thank you very much. Thank you, Madam President. Councilman Lee. Yeah, I'd like, like to commend you all uh, for... Um, helping to streamline the permits department and, and provide some clear identity uh, so that uh, many of the people who are seeking permits know exactly where to go. And the fact that you all have dedicated more people to that process is going to help us to be able to get permits done faster. So obviously you all were listening to constituents and would-be uh, developers and are just homeowners who wanted to build their houses. So I want to thank you all for doing that because it's, it's been a, a sore thumb for a lot, a lot of people. It was talked about when you and I were on the council during your first time. <laughs> it's been that long, Councilman. Yeah. We da we're dating ourselves Yes, right we now. are dating ourselves, yes. Councilman Templin. Yes, I, I just wanted to comment and say thank you as well. You know, all the uh, information you just put out uh, on multiple levels, from entertainment to quality of life to uh, coastal protection issues, is why most people are now are calling Jefferson Parish the place where they, they want to go out and have fun, live, work, and play. I mean, you know, and that's a compliment to all of us working together and moving the parish in the right direction. I also wanted to say thank you. You know, we took a trip uh, last week uh, down to Grand Isle, uh, your, your staff, and uh, met with the, uh, the mayor and his council and, and, and the fire department to go over issues because the reality is we're less than a month and a, and a week away from hurricane season. There are issues that uh, we're going to address, you know, thanks to all of us taking a trip down there to, to assist Grand Isle. But the, more importantly, that is, Grand Isle is our first line of defense 
for the parish as a whole. Outside the levee protector system takes the brunt of every hurricane before the rest of the parish hit, hits. So uh, it's important that we keep uh, them strong as possible uh, to help defend the rest of the parish. And I just wanted to tell you thank you. Councilman Pistano. Thank you. Uh, something that, that wasn't mentioned, Parish President, but I want to thank you, uh, the administration, uh, Recreation Director uh, Mario Bazile and his staff. Uh, for the second year in a row, we had um, at Coconut Beach in Kenner the AVP National uh, Volleyball, vo Professional Volleyball Tournament again. And um, the site at Coconut Beach in Kenner, one thing it lacks is stadium seating. And so every year uh, we've been able to come to the administration and get our recreation department to deliver um, those bleachers. And it basically creates a stadium atmosphere. The numbers, I think, almost tripled this year from what they were last year, even despite a horrific uh, weather on Saturday. Uh, I can tell you my son, as you know, who is an avid uh, volleyball player in 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 your uh, your organization um, and uh, but uh, your brainchild I should say but um, but anyway was out there all day on Sunday and there were literally I think there were uh, reports somewhere in the neighborhood of ten thousand people out there so in Jefferson Parish so yes it's it's advertised as the New Orleans t portion of the tour for professional volleyball well. It was in the city of Kenner in Jefferson Parish, technically. So uh, it's great success, and there's a reason that, from what they're reporting, the numbers continue to, um, to increase dramatically. And I think us providing the resources that we're doing is definitely one of the reasons for that success. So thank you. And they keep coming back because for, for whatever bad luck, we just seem to have bad weather on a lot of their events. So, um, but I heard it was a great success. Yeah. It was. And, Madam President, to echo a little bit of what's been set up here and add a little bit, I think any time we can make it easier to deal with government and the process less frustrating for our constituents, the better. So thank you for the work that you've done with this. It's much needed. And like Councilman Lee said, we all hear about it on a daily and weekly basis. So it's welcome. Thank you. I'd like to recognize before we move on, Melinda Bourgeois, who is joining us this morning, former school board member and founder of Tour to Jefferson and Jefferson Dollars for Scholars. Thank you for stopping in this morning and visiting with us for a little while. Anyone who would like to appear before the council regarding a matter on the agenda or addendum agenda can do so now. You must fill out a request to speak card in the back of chambers and hand it up front. Before you do so, please state your name and address for the record. Al Morrell, 4260 East Loyola Drive, 5th District, Kenna, 4th District, Gun Incorporated, Jefferson, 51 years. Uh, agenda item number 44 and number 50. 44 first, uh, change order. We had a $293,332.86, 10.83% increase, 75 additional calendar days, uh, additional work, and additional materials on this project. 50, concerns the personnel board and what was deferred several times concerning our classified and unclassified employees. And I want to say this, I support the $15 an hour, it's long overdue, but I also want to make sure, and I want it in writing, when this is all said and done, that the annual evaluation of the employees that's been here 25, 30 years, that they will not lose their annual increases upon their evaluation. I want to make that perfectly clear. Because I will not support anything that robs Peter to pay Paul. 
Anybody got any comments, any questions? Thank you. Thank you, Hires. 509 Home Boulevard, just trying to spark a little curiosity and way we go. And I'm a man of renewed faith, and that was one of the best invocations I've heard in a little bit. I mean, it, it, I'm sitting here thinking about exactly what this guy is talking about at the beginning. So thank you. Thank you. Don't just give a dollar. Don't just give that dollar. But we do that here all the time. You're doing that with yourselves. I'm making... There's 70 of you. You got two employees each that's going to make $100,000 apiece. I got 21 millionaires I just made. And y'all getting ready to hopscotch. $1 million going to the town of John Lafitte. $1 million from our $800 million budget that was in, uh, increased by 20% from last year's budget just because you took the money. Nobody thought to give it back to the taxpayers. So you got all kinds of money. Trust me, they're not going to rob Peter to pay Paul. Peter and Paul are taking all the money. Everybody's getting paid. It's crazy. It's, it's ludicrous, but not surprising for me, right? It's a mockery in the archaic definition of, right? Ludicrously futile actions. Million dollars to the town of Jean Lafitte. I love the town of Jean Lafitte, but are they paying the right taxes to cover this? Because what happens when, when the town of John Lafitte doesn't have the benefit of virtual representation? Right now, District 1 governs on behalf of Gretna, John Lafitte, and, and Grand Isle, disenfranchising, stealing from the unincorporated portions of Jefferson Parish it also should be governing on behalf of. So if there's anybody complaining about a stop sign in uh, District 1, it's only going to be in that little portion of Jefferson Parish. It don't matter. Virtual representation. That's issue 77. I take exception with 53, 55, 58, 60 through 66, 68, 77, 80, 91, 97. A half million dollars for bike racks. You increase the early childhood spending by 25 grand, not even 10% of what you spent last year. That's what y'all could pull together, 300 grand. Do you know what the total budget is available of all our tax dollars since we contribute to the statewide matching funds the most? 34% increase in our sales taxes last year, right? We spent 34% more to the state budget. And we are already contributing the most to the state budget. Nobody cares about any of this, though. Nobody's going to ask me any questions. I'm certain of it. There's not a whole lot of concern for these details because y'all are just in campaign mode patting yourselves on the back for all the good deeds, the pittance, the dollar that you gave to those coming out of recovery, 300 grand. United Way, you got to pull for a grant. You got to steal from the kids through grant expenditures. Nobody knows where grant money comes from. That's stolen money from the future. That's why children keep behaving more outrageously. Every generation, it gets worse because every generation is under a crushing, perpetual debt that none of you have any appreciation Time for. Time is hires. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? All right. Moving on to ordinances to be deferred. Uh, any objection to the cancellation of item number one on motion of Councilman Templet, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. Professional services now. Madam Clerk, item two.
A resolution selecting a person to sit as an ad hoc hearing officer for the Bureau of Administrative Adjudication to adjudicate cases referred to the BAA on the West Bank of Jefferson Parish, Council Districts 1 through 3. Councilman Lee? Victoria Hines. Any objection to the selection of Victoria Hines? A motion of Councilman Lee, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Number three, please, Madam Clerk. A resolution selecting a firm to provide underwriting and or, and or placement agent services relative to the issuance of bonds and or notes and to assist with other various refunding opportunities. Councilman Template. Uh, the highest ranked was Sissing Securities. Any objection to the selection of Sissing Securities on motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item number four is executive, uh, executive session. We'll get back to that later. So let's move to item number six, Madam Clerk, and the, poll and the subdivision ordinances. Summary number 26062, resub of lot 34, square A, lot 16 through 45, square B, lots 1 and 5 through 50, square C, and lots 1 through 50, square D, Water Oak subdivision, and renunciation of Post Oaks Drive, Laurel Oaks Drive, Penn Oaks Place, and a portion of Water Oaks Drive, Nuttall Oaks Drive, and Azalea Drive, and renunciation of drainage and sewer servitudes, Water Oaks Subdivision, WS 9622, Council District 3. All right, we can waive the reading on this item, so we open the public hearing for summary number 26062. Anyone in favor, please come forward. J. Dufresne, 1624 Manhattan Boulevard, here representing the developer on the property. Uh, 2008, Jefferson Parish built Dandelion Drive through this area as a collector road for access from the existing residential site to Live Oak Boulevard. What you have before you today is a redevelopment of the undeveloped portion of that site. Um, we're putting some single-family homes in there and some rearrangements of that roads, asking for your approval, and I'm here in case you have a question. Thank you. Anyone else in favor? Anyone opposed? Good morning. My name is Francois Ancar, Jr. I will reside at 100 Honeysuckle Lane in Wagaman. I'm here to represent those individuals who are going to be buying homes in this neighborhood. They're going to be denied emergency services. As you know, the planning department recommended that Azalea Drive be cut through to allow emergency services for this particular subdivision. This particular area, just imagine someone living in that uh, little part where Azalea Drive is now being re not cut through. There's an emergency call saying that someone is, is having a heart attack or um, a child can't breathe. The fire department's going to get that call. They're located right there on Ozalea Drive. It'll take them less than, less than two minutes to get down to that house to perform the services to, to, to aid those individuals. But because this Ozalea Drive is not being cut through, that fire department now has to go down uh, Irish Drive to Dandelion, go down Dandelion to Nuttall Drive, goes down Nuttall Drive to the next street, turn right, go down that street to Trosclair, and then turn left to go up to Trosclair to get to those individuals in that home. 
You think they survived? What would have been a two-minute drive to get to those individuals now take five to ten minutes. I hope none of one of your relatives lived in that neighborhood. I hope no one that you knew lived in those homes where they were denied access to emergency vehicles. Doesn't take much to get through there, just that one little street. I can understand why the developers, and I can understand why the Civic Association don't oppose this. Everybody has their own reasons. But what I can't understand is why the traffic engineering department and the fire department didn't recommend that the street go through. The planning department pointed out that that's a code of ordinance states that those streets must connect. But yet they ignored that. Why the fire department ignored that? I, I, I just can't understand that. Lives are at stake here. And you are responsible for their safety. That's what this council is about. You have to be the, 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 the ones who make sure that individuals who move and live in Jefferson Parish are provided adequate emergency services. Those people who are going to build in this neighborhood, they won't know. They're not going to understand none of this, what we're talking about today. They're going to buy those homes. They're going to move in there. They're going to expect that their lives and their families are going to be safe. Too bad. They won't know. You have the responsibility. Do the right thing. Anyone else in opposition? Madam Clerk, note that one appeared in favor, one appeared in opposition. Councilman Lee? Yes, I've had opportunity to review this, um, and uh, also I've got input from uh, many in the community, and he's right that the fire department did not uh, require this. And so based on many factors, uh, we've had the developer to uh, increase the size of the lots as well as uh, other things that the community wanted we've done. Uh, I'm going to move forward with this, so I move for approval. Any objections to the approval of summary number 26062 on motion of Councilman Lee, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. Item number seven, please, Madam Clerk. Summary number 26101, resub of lots 23 through 26 square 29, Morningside <coughs> Park Subdivision, ES 1623, Council District 4. We can waive the reading on this item, so we open the public hearing for summary number 26101. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Anyone opposed? Madam Clerk, note that no one has appeared. Councilman Impostato? Motion to approve. Any objection to the approval of summary number 26101? A motion of Councilman Impostato, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item 8, please. Summary number 26102. Resub of lot Z, square 105, Metairieville subdivision, ES 17522, Council District 5. We can waive the reading on this item, so we open the public hearing for summary number 26102. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Anyone opposed, please come forward. Madam Clerk, note that no one has appeared. Councilwoman Van Vranken. Move for denial. Any objection to the denial of summary number 26102 on motion of Councilwoman Van Franken, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. Number nine, please, Madam Clerk. 
Summary number 26063, amending the official zoning map for a portion of lot 38 square A, Water Oak Subdivision, proposed lots 35 through 37 square A, Water Oak Subdivision, located at 8740 Live Oak Boulevard, more particularly amending the zoning classification from C2 to R2, WZ1422, Council District 3. We can waive the reading on this as well. So the public hearing is now open for item number 26063. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Jay Dufran, 1624 Manhattan. This is a, a portion, a small portion of the lot that was on previous agenda of Water Oak subdivision. It's kind of three lots that will be developed in what is now C2. We're changing to residential to fit the plan you just approved. Thank you. Anyone else here in favor? Anyone opposed? Madam Clerk, note that one appeared in favor. Councilman Lee? I move. Any objections to the approval of summary number 26063? A motion of Councilman Lee, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. I have a note to defer item number 10. Councilman Edwards? Any objections to the deferral of item number 10 to June 14th, 2023? A motion of Councilman Edwards, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item number 11, please, Madam Clerk. Summary number 26103, amending the official zoning map, lot B1, square 8, Bridgedale subdivision, section A, more particularly amending the zoning classification from R1A to R2, EZ223, Council District 2. We now have the public hearing for summary number 26103. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Dragno, 1126 Phosphor Avenue. Uh, my wife and I purchased this property in 2011 with the intention of building our own personal residence. Unfortunately, after the purchase, we realized that it was not an area that we would com be comparable to our then current resident in Bridgedale subdivision near St. Edward's Confessor Church. We resided on Park Drive North for over 40 years. We've been sitting in this property for about 12 years now and have maintained the lawn and the trees and the shrubs to provide a safe and attractive area until we could decide what to do. It's currently a vacant lot. We've had many conversations with realtors, all of which have indicated that the location is not really suitable for a single-family residence since it is surrounded by both multifamily housing and nearby commercial properties. Our intention at this point, with your approval, is to improve the neighborhood as opposed to it being just a vacant lot. We'd like to construct a two-family dwelling which would be totally compatible to the majority of the dwellings in the area and a mirror image of the adjoining properties. During this rezoning process, we, uh, process I learned that my property's square footage actually exceeds the requirements of R2 district and that the setback and height requirements for R1 and R2 are, in fact, the same. We would not require any other accommodations as we would fall within these requirements, including off-street parking. I have an exhibit uh, that I've marked all the multifamily properties in the surrounding area, and you can see from that exhibit that uh, just a, a few, just a few, but not, not just a few, but several properties are currently enjoying multifamily use, including doubles, townhomes, fourplexes, and even two properties that were allowed a special accommodation. I have another exhibit that I've marked all the properties that have given me a signed affidavit totaling, totally approving of my request. I have copies of their affidavits. Uh, to my knowledge, there's been absolutely no opposition voiced by any neighbors or property owners. 
I'd appreciate your consideration and approval of my request and be happy to answer any questions. Thank you. Anyone else speaking in favor? Anyone opposed? Madam Clerk, note that one appeared in favor. Councilman Bonanno? I actually went out and rode around this neighborhood myself the other day and took a look at it after speaking to this gentleman, and he is correct. A lot to the back right of this property has three apartments, and then all up and down that same block are multiple doubles, so he, he does fit within the character of that neighbor, neighborhood, and so for that reason, I'm moving for approval. Any objection to, I'm sorry, you said approval? Any objection to the approval of summary number 26103, a motion of Councilman Bonanno, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. Item number 12, please. Summary number 26083, approving SP 7522, a requested variance to the front yard regulations for Royal Honda, located at 5416 Veterans Memorial Boulevard on lot 2A, square 6, Willowdale Subdivision, Council District 4. And there are some amendments um, to that, and I'm going to defer to planning. Should be on now. Go ahead. I think we could. You might have muted it. It's on. I have you turned on on my end. Is your end muted? Can you hit that? There we go. Okay. There it is. Thank you. The amendments to the ordinance are as follows. In the second whereas section and in section one, the date for sheet CPZ site plan prepared by Linfield, Hunter and Junius uh, is amended to a date of 3-24-23. The date for sheet LS1 landscape planting plan is changed to 4-25-23. And the date for the irrigation plan is changed to 3-28-23. Is there any objection to the amendments being brought from the floor? Hearing none, Councilman Pastado, your motion on the amendments? Uh, motion to approve. Any objection to the adoption of the amendments on motion of Councilman Impostato, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. Now we open the public hearing for summary number 26083 as amended. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Hi, yes, Rebecca Geiger here representing Royal Honda. This site will be used um, for vehicle parking and storage. That's a, a, a key, key part in the overall Honda redesign and redevelopment. We just want to thank both planning and the councilmen for helping us get to a solution that we think is both good for the parish and for our client. The added landscaping along veterans will make for a more aesthetically pleasing site. Uh, thanks, and we're available should you have any more questions. Ms. Geiger, if you don't mind, a few leading questions that I think you probably know the answer to. Um, looking in, in this screen that we're looking at, I think, um, well, first of all, it's already been zoned and, and appropriate to do the parking lot. So that's not what this, this is. This has to do with just the change of the landscape, landscape plan, correct? Correct. Okay. At the end of the day, based on the technical requirements of our planning and zoning regulations for landscaping and the CPZ along veterans, at the end of the day, my understanding is now with these amendments, there will be actually more landscaping in terms of square footage that actually is required by our codes. Is that fair? In terms of actual square footage, because if you can see the square, the circular pattern of it, it might not be exact. But in terms of green space, yes, we are providing excessive green space um, 
than what's required, though some of it on the right-of-way. Yeah, understand. And so as part of this, the right-of-way actually is going to be improved at, y'all, at Royal Honda's cost, correct? Yes, we're adding um, four additional trees and about 25 more shrubs to the right-of-way to add to more landscaping and a presence along veterans. And what we see is a black wrought-iron decorative correct. fence around the property, yes, correct? Yes, it will be which, fully enclosed. Which will also restrict uh, some of the, the swamp room. Uh, yes. <laughs> presence, if you will, that's been a bit of a challenge for the neighborhood, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, and what we see on here is basically landscaping throughout the entire perimeter yes. with a see-through fence. Yes. All right. Thank you, Ms. Geiger. Yep. Anyone else in favor? Anyone opposed? Madam Clerk, note that one appeared in favor. Councilman Impostato. Yeah, while, while it is not normal that we would have a double denial and, and move to approve, uh, I'm going to move that we approve with those amendments and those um, those agreements that were made by by Royal Honda. Just because at the end of the day, and I appreciate Ms. Tolbert and and Ms. Martin's staff in planning. They've worked very very hard as a few Royal Honda um, projects coming up today. But I mean, this has been a couple of months long, and I appreciate their insistence on adhering to the technical rules as they are and um and i appreciate that from my perspective sometimes one size fits all doesn't always work with the realities of daily life and businesses trying to operate and ultimately beautify our parish so i think uh while i definitely respect uh and appreciate their perspective i think at the end of the day this is one that at the end of the day the parish is going to be better for um looking at it a little bit uniquely and and trying to figure out what's best for the people riding along veterans and i think this does it so for those reasons i'm going to move to approve uh, the request any objection to the approval of summary number 26083 a motion of councilman impostato seconded by councilman walker hearing none so ordered item number 13 please madam clerk summary number 26104 approving sp 623 a requested variance to the sign regulations for cooler ice located at 3260 Barataria Boulevard on lot 4, square 3, Robert J. Perkins Subdivision, Council District 1. We can waive the reading on this item, so we now open the public hearing for summary number 26104. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Anyone in opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, note that no one has appeared. Councilman Edwards. Any objection to the approval of summary number 26104, a motion of Councilman Edwards, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item 14, please. Summary number 26105, approving SP 8022, requested variances to the area regulations and the landscape and buffer requirements for the Mary J. Seafood Restaurant located at 114 Transcontinental Drive on Lot 9, Square 7, Bridgedale Subdivision, Section A, Council District 2. We're now with the public hearing for summary number 26105. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Anyone in opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, note that no one has appeared. Councilman Bonanno. Move for approval. Any objection to the approval of summary number 26105 on motion of Councilman Bonanno, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Number 15, please, Madam Clerk. Summary number 26106, approving SP 6122, a variance to the sign regulations for Matt Bowers Chevrolet located at 8213 Airline Drive on lot AC1, Square 1, Lynn Park Subdivision, Council District 4. 
We can waive the reading here, so we open the public hearing for summary number 26106. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Anyone opposed? Madam Clerk, note that no one has appeared. Councilman Impostato. Motion to approve. Any objections to the approval of summary number 26106 on motion of Councilman Impostato, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item number 16, please. Summary number 26107, approving SP 7122, requested variances to the front yard landscape buffer lighting and sign regulations for Royal Honda located at 5600 Veterans Memorial Boulevard on lots W3 and W4, Square 7, Willowdale sub Subdivision, Council District 4. I think we'll have planning read this one as well. Thank you. The petition property consists of two lots of record, lot W3 and lot W4. Lot W3 has frontage on both Quincy Street and Veterans Memorial Boulevard. Lot W3 has 60.71 feet of frontage on Quincy Street, a depth of 491.07 feet, and an area of 101,630 square feet. Quincy Street functionally acts as a driveway that facilitates access from Elizabeth Street into lot W3. Lot W3 also has 150.66 feet of frontage on veterans. Although Quincy Street is technically the lot's primary frontage, per section 49-474, Veterans Memorial Boulevard is treated as the front for the purposes of CPZ landscaping. Lot W4 has 250 feet of frontage on Veterans Memorial Boulevard, a depth of 200 feet and an area of 47,959 square feet. There is a concurrent subdivision being processed under planning docket number ES-17022 to subdivide the lots into one lot of record uh, called Lot Honda. Proposed Lot Honda has 60.71 feet of frontage on Quincy Street, 400.66 feet of frontage on um, CPZ frontage, excuse me, on Veterans Memorial Boulevard, 491.07 feet of depth, and 149,589 square feet of area. Lot Honda will be a single development site for a reconfigured uh, Royal Honda car dealership and service center. Lot W3 contains a Royal Honda dealership and service center. Currently, a portion of this building is to be demolished. 10,150 square feet of the existing building is to remain and will be incorporated into the new site. Lot W4 contains a repurposed gas station and a canopy that acts as a used car lot for the Honda dealership. This building and the canopy are to be demolished. The site currently has six curb cuts onto Veterans Memorial Boulevard. Uh, with this application, the applicant proposes to construct a new two-story, 42,291-square-foot Royal Honda dealership and service center. This new building incorporates 10,150 square feet from the existing structure. The development site will reduce the six curb, six curb cuts on Veterans Memorial Boulevard down to two. There is access to Quincy Street at the southeastern corner of the property. The proposal also includes three attached signs, two attached directional signs, and one monument sign. The proposal includes 99 parking spaces for customers and employees and additional stacked parking for inventory. Only 76 parking spaces are required. There is a current lease for the Veterans Memorial Boulevard right-of-way, which is to be used for six vehicle display pads, a detached sign, and associated landscaping. Per Section 40-479 of the Code, public right-of-way may be used to meet streetscape landscaping requirements to locate vehicular display and to locate directional signs or a monument sign in lieu of an on-premises detached sign. 
per Section 40-474 of the Code. In addition to front yard requirements of the underlying district, the first 20 feet from the front lot line shall be the minimum front yard and building setback. No parking or paving shall be allowed in the required front yard except for sidewalks or approved driveways directly connecting the development side to the adjacent street. This proposal includes parking in the front 20 feet of the lot and therefore requires a variance. The proposal also includes um, the required landscaping on the Roberta Street side and the Elizabeth Street side. The proposal does not include landscaping on the Burn Street side in the rear. There is single family residential development along the Burn Street side of the property. Uh, per section 33-6.25, a 10 foot landscape buffer and a fence is required between C2 and R1A development. There is currently a fence, but there is no landscaping. A buffer, a landscape buffer would likely reduce the amount of inventory parking on the Burn Street side for Royal Honda, but it should be noted that Royal Honda has additional inventory parking at the 5416 Veterans Memorial Boulevard site that was recently acted on under planning docket SP7523. Uh, due to this, the absence of the landscape buffer, the proposal requires a variance to the CPZ landscape requirements. Per section 40-476, lighting fixtures shall be incorporated within landscaped areas. There are 14 proposed light poles across the parking lot that are not incorporated into the landscaping, which requires a variance. The intended purpose of the regulation is to encourage lighting fixtures within larger landscape parking islands and end caps. The layout of the parking uh, under the proposed plan does not necessitate many landscaped islands because much of the lot is being used for stacked inventory parking. If the proposed lighting fixtures were to be relocated, it would likely interfere with the proposed trees and under landscaping. Uh, for this reason, the planning department supports the variance to the CPZ lighting regulations. This proposal includes five attached signs and one detached monument sign. Two of the attached signs uh, read express service and delivery qualify as directional signs per the code. As such, these two signs do not count toward the total number of attached signs. CPZ developments are permitted one attached sign by right. The proposal includes three attached signs, the Honda sign with the logo, the Royal sign, and service. The proposal requires a variance to the attached sign regulations. The site is permitted 9,675 square feet of signage based on the length of its facade. 158 square feet of total signage is proposed. The planning department is not opposed to the proposed signage because the total sign area is well below what is permitted. Section 40-480 states that variances to the CPC requirements may be granted provided the following criteria are met. The proposal complies with CPZ requirements to the maximum extent possible, taking into account space limitations of existing structures. The proposed front yard and landscape buffer variances are the result of poor site design. There are no space limitations that make the regulations onerous. The proposed sign and lighting variances are acceptable since they are connected to the site's use as a car dealership with a large frontage and extra inventory parking. The proposal enhances the general quality of commercial and office corridors by providing buffers to neighboring residences and other commercial areas. Uh, as currently proposed, this proposal does not enhance the CPZ corridor because it lacks the required front yard. Additionally, there is no buffering for the residential properties to the south. The proposed signage variance is acceptable for a development of this size, and the additional service sign is functionally a directional sign which helps with traffic flow. The lighting variance is also acceptable because much of the parking is designed for stacked inventory parking. 
if the proposed lighting fixtures were to be relocated, it would likely interfere with the proposed trees and other landscaping. The proposal does not adversely affect the harmony or compatibility of the surrounding land uses. The current proposal um, with the landscape buffer variance adversely affects the neighbors to the south. The front yard variance adversely affects the CPZ corridor. The sign and light variances have no effect on nearby properties. And the final criteria is special conditions and circumstances exist peculiar to the land structures or buildings, which are not applicable to other land structures or buildings in the same zone. There are no space limitations that make the landscaping regulations overly onerous. The site is large enough to require additional attached signage and the parking layout for the car dealership does not necessitate landscaping around every lighting fixture. The planning department recommends denial of the variances to the CPZ front yard and landscape regulations for the following reasons. The proposed variances to the CPZ commercial parkway overlay zone front yard and landscape buffer regulations are a result of site design and not due to any hardship unique to the property. The planning department recommends approval of the variances to the CPZ lighting and sign regulations for the following reasons. The proposed lighting and sign variances are acceptable since they are particular to the site's use as a large car dealership with a large frontage and extra inventory parking. The planning advisory board at their meeting uh, voted to approve the proposed site plan with the stipulation that an eight-foot masonry fence be provided along the Burn Street side to separate the, uh, the proposed use from the residential along Burn Street. The applicant has revised their plans on March 31st, 2023 to include an eight-foot wall along the Burn Street side lot line. All right. Thank you, Beth. Let's take a break. So we now open the public hearing for summary number 26107. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Hi, yes, Rebecca Geiger here on behalf of Royal Honda. We're very excited to be before you today as we plan this total overhaul of the Royal Honda site. The site is currently an old cafeteria building, and it's finally time to build a brand new, beautiful facility. Royal Honda is eager to stay at this location and invest in Jefferson Parish, but for them to meet the operational needs of the dealership, the new design does require a few variances. We have worked closely with the architects and engineers to design a site that comes more into compliance with the requirements. We added landscaping, improved the site layout, and made it a more overall aesthetically pleasing site. We are pleased to report that we received unanimous support from the planning advisory board on our proposal. We've also worked closely with neighbors on this project, with which my colleague Missy will speak to next. I want to thank planning and the councilman for working on this proposal, and we're excited to finalize this project. Anyone else in favor? Morning, Council. My name is Missy Quigley. I, uh, I'm representing Royal Honda. Um, this matter was deferred at the PAB hearing twice so that we could work with the neighbors to come up with a good solution for their concerns. And as the planning staff stated, we uh, we have a um, eight-foot masonry wall in the back as requested by the neighbors. We've worked really hard with them to get a good design that's going to mitigate the sound and nuisances that they are currently experiencing where there's just a wooden fence. We've also worked on a good neighbor agreement with them to give them some rights if, if Royal is um, not keeping them, the wall up, if they're being too loud, if they're doing some things that affect the residential neighborhood and uh, we've worked with them on that and I think we've come in a good agreement and we have the neighbors here and I have if you have any questions just let me know yeah Melissa if you could 
the brick wall. Um, how thick will the brick wall be behind Royal Honda? We have our engineer here, All so right. you, can, you can answer that. Uh, Vincent Lico, 3608 18th Street, Metairie. Um, the brick wall is going to be around nominal size, 22 inches, but, you know, brick size is slightly small. It's around 20 inches. Gotcha. But, I mean, much bigger buffer than the wooden fence that's there now. Yeah, it's okay. typical wooden fence there now, right. so it would be much thicker. Thank you. And, um, Melissa, if you will, my understanding is um, on the landscaping, the landscaping on the frontage on veterans will not be less than it is now, Correct. Correct. It'll be more than it'll be actually more. While it might be technically not in compliance going forward, it, it it's more than what's there now. Right. And um, all right, thank you. Okay. Anyone else in favor? Anyone opposed? Madam Clerk, note that two. Hang on. Good morning, Alan Aglaire, uh, Burn Street. Um, I'm here to uh, not oppose for the project. The project is a really uh, fundamental thing that's going to happen in the neighborhood. But the uh, the brick wall was the main concern for us, being the uh, half-inch thick uh, dilapidated fence that they had out there. Now, we just wanted to make sure that we had something that would, you know, be in cohesive with the neighborhood. So the brick wall, we went uh, lengthy discussions with um Royal Honda and their team, and uh, we appreciate everything they've done and uh, to, to help us out. And, and uh, uh, we, we feel that this is a, a better uh, plan f with a brick wall for uh, us and them. It gives them exactly the same amount of space they're going to have that's already allotted for them now. Plus, it gives us the same height, the eight-foot eight height that's already there now, but with the brick wall as a buffer for all the noise that we have to endure during our day-to-day -day lives. So we, uh, we don't oppose to the project, but we just want to make sure that the GNA, the Good Neighbor Agreement that we had, that we've been working on very lengthy, um, is the one that, is the version one that gets approved and that the, uh, the actual latest design plan that is handed to, the, uh, to you guys for approval is the one that gets approved. And, and I can assure you, we've received calls in our office. I've been out there. I've walked the site with them and with other neighbors. Um, rest assured, um, absent hearing something else, if I move to approve it, it's going to be contingent upon that that brick wall and that agreement stay in place. Uh, and that's why I asked Royal Honda to make sure they were here so they could make those assert assertions and agreements, you know, right. in public to, to be sure that we have something to, to hold over their heads and ensure compliance going forward so that the neighborhood's protected. It's very important to us because um, there's no chain wall in the back of the fence, so our property drains off into their servitude, so to speak, and it washes the back end of our properties off. So with that, with that brick wall having a chain wall and a brick wall and body, it will stop that erosion of our property. Yeah. And, and a wooden fence doesn't do it. Right. No. So it's it's a little better win-win for both. Right. It's a better situation. And then aesthetically, they're talking about the cafeteria. The truth is, I mean, what we've all seen for 50 years out there is, frankly, the old gas station right. in the front. I mean, they've been operating a, a multi-million-dollar uh, facility out of an old gas station. So and it, um, it's great. It's a great the, project yeah. for, for the improvement of Jefferson Parish. But you know, I, we're out of sight, out of mind. So we want to make sure that's taken care of too. So. We came to a good. Uh, we're at a good. We're in a good position with the, with uh, Rohanda and their team, as far as they're not going to lose any distance at all. No parking space is going to be lost. They don't have to. We we don't. 
there's no sense to put shrubs or trees behind a brick wall you're never going to see. So I think we're, we're at a good place right now. Well, thank you all for being accommodating, being willing to listen, and most importantly for the input because we need the input. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Is anyone else going to speak in opposition? Or is anyone going to speak in opposition, I should say, not anyone else? Gay Robertson at 5601 Burn Street. And I just really have two questions. I'm not really opposed to it, but I have two questions for Councilman Impostato um, and the council members. And if I may give a little back history so you understand why these questions are so important to me. I own rental property in the lower garden district that shares a property line with a business that filed for a variance. And um, the property owners met with the Orleans Plan City Planning Commissioner numerous times, and it was decided that a masonry fence would be built as the buffer. And the final plans were put before the city council and approved. But when it was time for the fence to be built, a wooden fence was built. And we were told by the CPC that a test report of a soil sample was submitted by the company right before building the fence, and it showed that the soil would not um, support a masonry fence and could possibly damage the surrounding buildings. And we were told by the CPC that they did not have to get the um, residential property owner's approval that they could make an administrative change since the wood fence did not majorly change the plans approved the city council. So we lost because we did not know how to play the game. They did. So my two questions are, do the plans before you really show this eight-foot brick wall between the Burn Street homeowners and Royal Honda with the mock-up showing that there's a chain wall with pilings, cinder blocks, and brick veneer, brick veneer on both sides. And my second question is, once the plans are presented to the city council today and are approved, is there any way, and I mean any way, that they can be changed without the approval of the homeowner's knowledge and our chance to rebut the change before any change is made? So that is my question to you guys. I, I can answer. Did you put your Sorry. gavel to it? Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to get what we see on our things, or is, do we have to learn how to play the game? Sure. First of all, there's no game, this okay. I assure you. Um, but one, the answer to the first question is, well, the answer is yes. Once the gavel is hit, it's a done deal. Okay. Royal Honda has to live with everything that's been talked about at this meeting. Make no mistake about okay. it. Um, first of all, the, and, and I can't comment on how our neighbors do business. Well, I realize okay? that, but I'm I proud to say we know how we do business in Jefferson Parish, and we're proud of the way we do it. I know. Um, I just learned the hard way to ask I understand. Questions. So first of all, the brick veneer is part of their application. Okay. So it, it's been submitted, and that's, I'm looking, and to be honest, I, well, no. I couldn't have answered my prior question, but it shows it's literally an engineering uh, design of the entire brick wall. That's number one. Number two, cannot be changed, not necessarily with agreement in the neighborhood, without approval okay. of this council. So after today, when the gavel, when the gavel swings, it's a done deal. 
Okay. They're obligated. They're obligated. Rest assured. Okay. Then I'm, I'm, I, yeah. you have my support. Yeah. Well, thank you. And again, thank you for the input. Okay. We need the input. So okay. thank you. All right. Is there anyone in opposition? So we'll mark three in favor then and one satisfied with an asterisk next to it. <laughs> We're close. Councilman Infostato, your motion. Motion to approve. Any objections to the approval of summary number 26107, a motion of Councilman Impostato, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Here's your gavel. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. So there's a legal remedy based on the agreement between them. But what we've just approved obligates them to everything that's that's been required in the site plan. In the site plan. I understand. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Number 17, please, Madam Clerk. Summary number 26108, approving SP 5822, requested variances to the setback parking and fence height regulations for the Slatter Torah Academy on lot Y1B, square 41, unit 1, Pontchartrain Garden Subdivision, section D, council districts 4 and 5. Right, we can waive the reading here, so we open the public hearing for summary number 26108. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Morning, Rabbi S.C. Chesney, 4500 Lakebourne Avenue, Metro, Louisiana. I am the administrator of Slater Torah Academy, and I'd like to thank the planning board and the, 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 everybody for working with us to come to a, despite some hiccups, to a plan that would work. We are looking to get this, these setbacks approved while we work on a permanent expansion, and the only space that wouldn't violate the setback is that permanent expansion. So that's why we came to the resolution that we would do into the summer of 2025 approval, and that we should have the expansion done by then. Um, like, think I got a call from Councilmember Impostado's office. I know we're dealing with Councilmember Impostado and Councilmember Van Bracken. So, I'd like to thank you again for your support. And if you have any questions, I'm available. Thank you. Anyone else in favor? Anyone in opposition? Frankie Hires, 509 Home Boulevard. I simply am rising in opposition because this spans two districts. I got redistricted, sent into District 2. I can't imagine why this couldn't have been straightened out. There should be no reason why it takes two council persons to address this. Anyone else in opposition? Madam Clerk, note that one appeared in favor, one appeared in opposition. Councilman Impostato? Um, actually, I think it takes seven to address it. We don't have to <laughs> vote on it, so... Uh, but uh, and I and I don't, I don't want to. Uh, it does. The reason it ha it covers two districts is because it happens to be in two districts. It's pretty simple. Um, and uh, so this is a temporary structure. This allows th this structure to to be there on a temporary basis while the the tour academy is expanding for two years to end in uh, June of 2025. Uh, for those reasons, I'd like to move to approve Councilwoman Van Ranken. and move for approval uh, on a joint motion. 
Any objections to the approval of summary number 26108 on a joint motion of Councilman Posado and Councilwoman Van Franken, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. Item 18, please. Summary number 26109, approving SP 423, requested variances to the landscaping and area regulations for Matt Bowers Ford, located at 3724 Veterans Boulevard on lot 128A, Cleary Subdivision, Council District 5. We can waive the reading here, so we open the public hearing for summary number 26109. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Anyone in opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, note that no one has appeared. Councilwoman Van Vryken. I'm going to move for approval. Um, this actually incorporates some stipulations and, uh, recommended by the Planning Advisory Board, so moving to approve um, with those stipulations. Any objections to the approval of summary number 26109, a motion of Councilwoman Van Vryken, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item 19, please. Summary number 26110, declaring a portion of Gambino Road right-of-way, Glendale Subdivision, Avondale, Louisiana, no longer needed for a public purpose and authorizing a sale to the adjacent property owner at lot 20A, square K, Glendale Subdivision, bearing municipal address 375, Glendale Drive, Avondale, for the appraised value, Council District 3. We now open the public hearing for summary number 26110. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Anyone opposed, please come forward. Madam Clerk, note that no one has appeared. Councilman Lee? I move. Any objections to the approval of summary number 26110 on motion of Councilman Lee, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. Item number 20, please, Madam Clerk. Summary number 26111, amending section 2-886 of the Jefferson Parish Code of Ordinances regarding council district improvement and or assistance funds. We now open the public hearing for summary number 26111. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Anyone in opposition, please come forward. Surprise. Frankie Hires. Yeah, this is about the, the most... Interesting crotchet ingenuity I've seen on the on the agenda in recent uh, months. So it's interesting because it, it it relates to improvement and assistance. And I've said it uh, before that essentially what the citizens have been reduced to is we're we're really the servants to our own government. And either I've got to be well aligned with the power and the money to gain the improvements, or I've got to be poor enough and willing to oblige myself to be a dependent of the parish to acquire the assistance. I'd prefer to have neither be the case. I don't need your help. I don't need your assistance. I need you to do what's prescribed constitutionally. I need you to be apportioned by law. Of course, if you don't understand what apportionment means or what it means to be apportioned by law, then you might settle for virtual representation. You might think it's okay to have two districts represent the same property. You might settle for virtual representation, the doctrine of, because you've settled for it for, from the inception of this body. So you can go ahead and mock me. You can go ahead and ridicule me. You can try and shame me. I love it. Keep paying me attention. Keep giving me some attention from District 4. I'm not going to run in District 4, but I got friends that might. Of course, you're not running anyway, right? Everybody's got a hopscotch. Because we have virtual representation, term limiting, and nobody understands the consequences of any of these things because nobody understands the document you've sworn to support and defend. Assistance. What am I, a peasant? I need your assistance? I don't need you to, to have this power. 
I need to have this power diluted as the Constitution would prescribe. I need each designated place, each municipality to have one representative, and they don't get another representative until they achieve a basic divisor, a common ratio. That's what it means to be apportioned by law, not to be arbitrarily, inadmissibly represented. Get a clue, figure it out. Anyone else in opposition? Madam Clerk, note that one appeared in opposition. Councilman Templet. I move. Any objection to the approval of summary number 26111 on motion of Councilman Templet, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item number 21, please. Summary number 26112, amending chapters 2, 4, 7, 8, 11, 14, 18.5, 27, 32, 34.35.5, and 39 of the code relative to changing the name of the Department of Inspection and Code Enforcement to Department of Building Permits, amending Ordinance 13709, the Executive Pay Plan, to revise the title of Director of Inspection and Code Enforcement to Director of Building Permits and providing for related matters. We're now over the public hearing for summary number 26112. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Anyone in opposition? favor. Okay. I'm rising in favor. Frankie Ayers, I'm not going to miss this opportunity. This is actually something that makes some sense. Now, I can also rise in opposition because of how many chapters you have to revise, right? So it's, it's a twofer for me. I don't know if I should spend the five, ten minutes in front of it and then five, ten minutes opposing it and then rebut myself, but I'll spare us all that, uh, you know, mockery, as it were. Suffice it to say that this makes sense, right? Because otherwise it's been confusing and, and onerous and burdensome to, the, to those seeking permitting and those dealing with this issue. So I'm thrilled to see this specification made. I rise in favor. Anyone else in favor, please come forward. Anyone opposed, please come forward. Madam Clerk, note that one appeared in favor. Councilman Template. Your motion. Any objection to the approval of summary number 26112 on motion of Councilman Templet, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item number 22, please. Summary number 26113, amending chapters 2, 19, 26, 30, and 38 of the code relative to changing the name of the Department of Property Maintenance, Zoning, and our Quality of Life to Department of Code Compliance and Enforcement, amending Ordinance 13709, the Executive Pay Plan, to revise the title of Director of Property Maintenance, Zoning, and or Quality of Life to Director of Code Compliance and Enforcement and providing for related matters. We're now with the public hearing for summary number 26113. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Anyone in opposition, please come forward. Great guys. <laughs> this is the one I got to oppose. Quality of life. We're losing it. Drop it off a cliff in this parish. I told you two years ago, that's what this is about. You got to ensure domestic tranquility. That means that when you know something could go wrong, like there's evidence of it having already gone wrong, like somebody's coming here and testified to domestic tranquility being in peril in their neighborhood and you do nothing, all that tyranny needs, needs to gain the foothold, that thing, doing nothing. Otherwise, people of good conscience keep doing nothing. The quality of life inspector came out and told my partner that her legally parked truck was a violation, a nuisance. Falls under a catch-all, maintenance of a nuisance. Quality of life inspector. 
Meanwhile, there's people doing 40 and 50 miles an hour right by us. Quality of life off a cliff. I transplanted 27 years ago, 28 years ago this year, from Van Nuys, California, the armpit of the San Fernando Valley. I had something akin to veterans on one a block to my one side, another uh, thing, the same difference on, on another side, Sherman Way and Woodley, where Van Nuys Airport is. Three lanes, four lanes, six lanes of uh, cross traffic. I lived on, I had a little dirt road in front of my house, though, a little utopia. We're becoming Van Nuys, California in the worst of ways. Quality of life matters. What's it becoming? Citizens' affairs? Look, the whole way quality of life has been done is on its head. It's a fascist, tyrannical approach to begin with. Rat out your neighbor. So quality of life visits my street twice in the last month and a half because my partner legally parked her truck on the street. Why? Why she chose to park legally on the street? Because we can't pull out of our driveway between the 4 and 700 blocks where people are doing their time trials every morning and every afternoon, seeing how fast they can get from Lemon and Homa to Metairie and Homa, eight, nine blocks. So by 5 to 700 block, they're pushing 50, 60 miles an hour. So we can't pull out of our driveways without getting cursed, literally from the street, called an effing a-hole. Domestic tranquility is in peril, and you continue to do nothing. Turn your backs. Turn your back on the people. You're violating your oaths. You should be embarrassed. And you want to ask whether I've done a stop sign petition? Quality of life is off a cliff. And you can't see it because you're in your little utopias. You keep patting yourselves on the back for your good deeds, and you can't understand your oaths of office because nobody's explained what it means to ensure domestic tranquility and how important it is. You've sown hot blood between neighbors. I can't go campaigning this fall because I'm afraid my neighbors might shoot me. Quality of life matters. Mr. Hires, I've let you go to this point. This yeah, is about the name quality change. of life matters, is sir. Anything I'm else about the name about change? Quality of life, and I'm afraid that my inspectors. This is about the name change. This, and I will not be interrupted okay. during my time. This is about the name change. Thank you, Mr. Hires. Thank you. Unless you're talking about the name change, you're not. The fact, that we're, the fact that we're changing the name means that I can't count on it even being a priority for the inspectors that come out to do this. All they're going to do is be enforcement tools. When it comes to quality of life, that's imperative. It matters to me imperatively. And that you'd interrupt me rather than just let me give me my time to speak about how important quality of life is. Because you're hearing off the that's topic. That's just a, a tell of how important it is for you to get camera time. Mr. Hyde, I'm trying to care. talk about quality of life. This is my point. only chance That's to do so. I'm not going to rise on the next one except to do it on principle. I won't repeat myself. It's this important to me. I can be patient. Can you? I was very patient. I appreciate I'll it. let you go for a long time. Yeah, I've got 15 minutes. On topic. Yes, sir. Yes, on topic of quality of life, sir. You Thank you. off topic. I'm just That's about done. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else in opposition? Al Morella, 4260 East Royola Drive, 5th District, Kenna, 4th District, Unincorporated, Jefferson, 51 years. Uh, I'll rise in opposition to this as well, but I want to elaborate a little bit, okay? Um, first of all, I've always believed that the ordinances, the laws we have on the books should be enforced across the board equally, okay? And in a lot of municipalities, 
a lot of areas uh, in this area, in the metro area, they're not. Uh, they, sometimes I believe some, some of the issues, some of the departments may be weaponized, like up in Washington, D.C. But now this is what I want to elaborate on. There was a map uh, about a couple of weeks ago of the state of Louisiana in an advocate. Jefferson Parish right now, in Orleans Parish, is suffering a serious out-migration problem. We have lost, according to that map, it's over 2% with Jefferson Parish and Orleans Parish. Same thing, We've the lost name over, change. What's that? Same thing. This is about the name change. Okay. All right. But you have I mean, a problem I'm, with the I'm name change. that if what we're talking about here, maybe we ought to take a look at this quality of life issue with Mr. Hyatt was just talking about and see if this is correlated with the out-migration problem that we have. That's all I have. Anybody got any comments, any questions? Thank you. Thank you. Two in opposition, Madam Clerk. Anyone else? No one in favor? Councilman Template. Any objections to the approval of summary number 26113, a motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item 23, please. Summary number 26114, amending chapters 2, 4, 16, 17, 17.5, 18.5, 19, 20, 22, 26, 27, 29, 32, 36, and 38 of the code relative to changing the name of the Department of Inspection and Code to Department of Building Permits, changing the name of the Department of Property Maintenance, Zoning Quality of Life to Department of Code Compliance and Enforcement, clarifying and updating permitting and regulatory responsibilities of parish departments, including but not limited to the Departments of Building Permits, Code Compliance and Enforcement, Citizens Affairs, Engineering, Planning, and Parkways. We're now up to the public hearing for summary number 26114. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Anyone? Opposed? Oh, I thought you jumped up when I said in favor. Anyone in favor? No, I'm opposed. Anyone opposed? Sorry if I misled you in the timing of my rise. Um, just opposing on simple, same kind of grounds, not going to go through all this again, right? Citizens' affairs is a different thing than quality of life. So we've reduced now the obligation of the actual code enforcer that's coming to, to serve the public. This is a public service, right? It's not really being applied as such. It's being used as an enforcement and punitive uh, tool by the citizens upon each other because of a, a, a lack for any really principles applied to the formation of this body to begin with or any consideration to the accumulation of statutes generally. So the only statutes that will be enforced are the ones that people find or give a concern for. It doesn't really speak to a moral decision-making process, which is what established justice means. So I oppose this on just the simple grounds that I'm settling for now what is citizen affair, citizens' affairs department rather than a code enforce, uh, quality of life. That's it. Madam Clerk, note that one appeared in opposition. Councilman Template. Any objection to the approval of summary number 26114, a motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk, number 24, please. Summary number 26115, amending ordinance number 14796, the pay plan for the classified service of Jefferson Parish to revise the pay grade assignments for the classes of automotive mechanic, trainee automotive mechanic, automotive mechanic, senior automotive 
line foreman, automotive line superintendent, and automotive work control supervisor, and to abolish the classification of automotive maintenance superintendent. We now open the public hearing for summary number 26115. Anyone in favor, please come forward. I was rising in favor of abolishing any superintendent position, and I'm pretty sure you're filling it with another position, but I'm still just in favor of the concept. Anyone else in favor? Anyone opposed? Madam Clerk, note that one appeared in favor. Councilman Template. Any objections to the approval of summary number 26115? A motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item number 25, please. Summary number 26116, amending ordinance number 20846, the Judicial Compensation and Classification Plan to revise the pay grade for the position of Director of Accounting and providing for related matters. We now open the public hearing for summary number 26116. Anyone in favor, please come forward. I'm going to rise. I don't know if I'm in favor or opposed. I'm going to oppose it if it means a raise. We've given this director a raise. Is that what the, the adjustment to the pay, pay grade is, to revise the pay grade? Is it, are we providing for a raise? Because then I oppose it patently. I prefer a government that's frugal and simple. We lack for either of these concepts being applied with our governance. So y'all tell me, am I opposing it or am I in favor? Are we reducing the pay? I can't imagine that's the case. No change, reduction. I'd love to be in favor of it if we reduce the pay of the director for, of accounting. I'd be highly in favor of it. Mr. Pulpiteer, do you have an answer to that? If it's no change, then, then I can be in favor of that too, I suppose. I mean, that's restraint. I'll be in favor of no change or a reduction in pay. I oppose an increase in pay. Is that fair enough? This is a change in the, the revision of the pay grade of the position. Does it result in an increase in pay or no change in pay or, or a low, lower pay? A difference in the range. An increase in the range? I oppose. A anyone else in opposition? I just want to would like to answer. I'm Nicole Thompson, Director of Human Resource Management. We conducted, as part of our duties, we are responsible for administering the judicial pay plan. So this idea, uh, the issue was brought to us from the juvenile court. We conducted a pay plan study, and the results revealed that this position was incorrectly classified, which meant it needed to be uh, a higher pay grade. If this incumbent of this position gets a raise, that will be up to the uh, judges in, judicial, in the juvenile court. Thank you. Anyone else in opposition? Madam Clerk, note that one appeared in opposition. Councilman Template. I move. Any objections to the approval of summary number 26116? A motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item 26, please. Summary number 26117, adopting millage rates to be extended on the assessor's tax rolls for the parish of Jefferson, State of Louisiana, for the year 2023, based on the 2023 Jefferson Parish assessment roll, and to provide for all other related matters. We now open the public hearing for summary number 26117. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Anyone in opposition, please come forward. Thank you, Hires. 509 Homo, rising in opposition. I was checking to make sure if my partner didn't have something to say about millage because she's been, uh, it's been waking her up at nights, this word millage. She's, she, she's fascinated with the word, finds it just absolutely uh, 
you know, tantalizing. It's just a wonderful word. It's like any number of words that just inspire nurturing and, and lovingness, and it's just such an easy word to roll off of our lips. Millage, the millage. Vote for a millage. It's not a bad thing, it's just millage. Taxation without representation. That's why we formed a union. Direct taxes shall be apportioned among the several areas of the parish, the designated places, non-designated places, municipalities, according to their respective numbers. Imagine if we had that. I daydream about this. What would it look like to actually have those who have the power pay the cost to impose taxation? And that's what millage is, taxation. It's a fancy word that requires you to do some arithmetical operations to figure out how much you're paying. And then broken down over all kinds of services, there's no chance, no chance anyone's going to explain what it means. And if anybody feels up to, the, up to the challenge, I'll wait after the meeting. You want to come and explain to me what millage means or try to explain to me as though you think anybody else will understand what it means. I've talked to people left and right, thousands of people at this point about this. I was hoping she'd have something to say so I could just read what she wanted to say about millage to you on her behalf. She's otherwise just predisposed. So suffice it to say that with regards to millage, I oppose. This was voted on for the record by the people who live in those communities. It's a voluntary tax increase. Councilman Template. I move. Any objection to the approval of, I'm sorry, Madam Clerk, note that one appeared in opposition. That was all. Any objection to the approval of summary number 26117 on motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item number 27, please, with amendments. Summary number 26118, amending the 2023 operating budget. And the amendment is as follows. Amending the 2023 operating budget. The proposed amendment would allocate $19,600 from Council District 2 off-track betting to recreation capital for landscape architectural services in River Ridge. Any objections to the amendments being brought from the floor? Was that all, Madam Clerk? I'm sorry. I jumped yes, ahead. Sir. That was it. Any objections to those amendments being brought from the floor? Hearing none, Councilman Template, your motion on the amendments? I move. Any objections to the adoption of that amendment on motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. So now we open the public hearing for summary number 26118. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Anyone in opposition? Make your hires. Do you think anybody understands what duties are with regards to that gambling money, that it's a duty, that it's a, a uniformity clause that would apply to this? Jefferson, in his... Uh, in his official status as Secretary of State and in his official reply to the request at the, or at the request of George Washington, spoke to this. Though they may, uh, he says the application of one ratio is, is intelligible to them. Mm -hmm. The application of a ratio is intelligible to them and they will therefore approve. While the complex operations of what we're dealing with here and what they were facing then would never be comprehended by them. And though they may acquiesce, they cannot approve what they do not understand. People can't approve what they don't understand. They can go ahead and acquiesce through vote to your arbitrary taxation, to your millages. We can acquiesce to millages, but we're not approving them. Nobody understands them. The only people benefiting from them are the 16,000 people you got to vote for them last year. 
16,000 people voted for that millage out of 280,000 voters. Are you objecting to the operating budget? I'm objecting absolutely to the operating budget. The operating budget survives on my property taxes. So that's what I'm talking about, how you end up with an operating budget. And when it comes to the gambling money, that's the duties reference that I made. That requires a uniformity clause, which we can't adhere to either. I'm pretty sure that nobody on this council understands the clauses I'm referring to. Again, you can acquiesce to it. You can keep on approving it through acquiescence. But if you don't understand it, that's not approval. I oppose. Anyone else in opposition? Madam Clerk, note that one has appeared in opposition. Councilman Template. I move. Any objection to the approval of summary number 26118 on motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item number 28, please. Summary number 26119, amending the 2023 capital budget. The proposed amendment would recognize a transfer of $19,600 from Council District 2 off-track betting to recreation capital for landscape architectural services in River Ridge. Any objection to that amendment being brought from the floor? Hearing none, Councilman Temple, your motion on the amendment? I move. Any objection to the adoption of that amendment? A motion of Councilman Temple, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. We now open the public hearing for summary number 26119 as amended. Anyone in favor, please come forward. Al Morella, 4260 East Royal Drive, 5th District, Kenner, 4th District, Unincorporated, Jefferson, 51 years. Uh, I support this. Uh, I'm going to say it again. I'd rather see proceeds from gambling, whether it's off-track betting or whatever it is, lottery, uh, Instead of going in someone's pocket, go to better our uh, parish and the better uh, quality of life in certain areas of our parish. So, once again, I support it. Glad to see the, the, the gaming money put to good use rather than in someone's pocket. Anybody got any comments, any questions? Thank you. Anyone else in favor? Anyone in opposition, please come forward. Thank you, Harris. Rising in opposition, and it's not about the do-gooder juice that everybody's going to suck up on these good deeds. Everybody's in favor of the good deeds. But if you acquire this opportunity, this power, by any means outside the Constitution, those just and tolerable results become arbitrary and inadmissible. And that's how this is all getting done. That's why nobody can redress this. Nobody can talk about the formation of this body. And we talk about it with regards to our comparison to our neighbor that we're supposed to love, as though there's some villain, some pariah, the taxation and the representation matter with both budgets. I don't have to present facts here. I'm not here to present, to, to present straightened facts. I'm not here to present difficult questions for all of you. That's my point. That's why I'm here, to make you uncomfortable. You should be doing it for yourselves. And if we were a representative body rather than formed the same way as Orleans Parish with five districts and two surplus members giving two districts four votes out of seven, maybe I would never have to rise again. Figure it out. Madam Clerk, note that one appeared in favor, and I'm sorry, go ahead. I have a question more than a, a approval. Now, the last one in this resolution, is it strictly because a capital budget or an operating budget is projected in the beginning, and throughout the course of the year, we may have to add money to it or take money away from it? Or, is that what this is all about? As has been explained several times here, we're not spending more money. We're moving money. We just, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I, I approve of Amending anybody. Thank you. 
So two in favor. Anyone else in opposition? One in opposition. Madam Clerk, that's the total. Two in, uh, one in favor, two in opposition. Councilman Templet, your motion. I move. Any objections to the approval of summary number 26119, a motion of Councilman Templet, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Let's jump to item number 29, please. Resolutions and motions from the floor. Councilman Edwards. Councilman Edwards. I have none. Yes, sir. Councilman Bonanno. I have one. Would you read it, ma'am? Yes, sir. A resolution granting permission to CACI 2 LLC to conduct a Cinco de Mayo celebration on Friday, May 5, 2023, from 2 p.m. to 11 p.m., provided all permits have been obtained. Any objection to that resolution being brought from the floor? Hearing no, we now open the public hearing on that resolution being brought from the floor. Anyone in favor or opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, note that no one has appeared. Councilman Bonanno. Move for approval. Any objections to the adoption of that resolution brought forward in motion by Councilman Bonanno, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. And Councilman Lee. Councilman Walker. I have none. Councilman Template. I have one, but this will be jointly with me and Councilman Edwards, please. Yes, sir. A resolution expressing the full support of the Jefferson Parish Council for the adoption of House Bill Number 161 of the 2023 regular session that changes local sales and use tax exemptions for commercial fishermen and certain seafood processing facilities from optional to mandatory. Any objection to that resolution being brought from the floor? Hearing none, we now open the public hearing regarding that resolution. Anyone in favor or opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, note that no one appeared. Councilman Templet? I move. Any objections to the adoption of that resolution? A motion of Councilman Templet, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. And Councilman Impostato? I do not. Councilwoman Van Rankin? Yes, ma'am, if you could read them. Yes, ma'am. A resolution granting Cleary Playground Booster Club to conduct a baseball softball jamboree from 5 p.m. until 8 p.m. on Friday, June 2, 2023, Saturday, June 3, 2023, and Sunday, June 4, 2023, from 8 a.m. until 10 p.m., provided all permits have been obtained. Any objection to that resolution being brought from the floor? Hearing none, we now open the public hearing on that resolution. Anyone in favor or opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, note that no one has appeared. Councilwoman Van Ryken. Move for approval. Any objections to the approval of that resolution brought forward in motion by Councilwoman Van Franken, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Takes us to consent agenda one and Councilman Template. Excuse me, Mr. Chairman, I have one more. Okay. I'm sorry, I thought you only had one. My apologies. A resolution granting permission to the Harvard Bar and Grill to host Avery's Harvard Fest fundraiser and block party for St. Michael's Special School on Saturday, May 13, 2023, from 11 a.m. until 9 p.m., a block party on 17th Street between Ridge Lake Drive and Tolmas Drive, provided all permits have been obtained. Any objections to that resolution being brought from the floor? Hearing none, we now open the public hearing on that resolution. Anyone in favor or opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, note that no one has appeared. Councilwoman Van Vranken. Move for approval. Any objection to the approval of that resolution brought forward and motion by Councilwoman Van Vranken, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. And I have complete, 
completed the roll. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Now is there, um, uh, Councilman Templet, your motion um, regarding the Inglobo adoption of consent agenda items 30 through 49. I move. Any objection to the adoption in Globo of consent agenda items 30 through 49, a motion of Councilman Templet, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, that takes us to item number 50, please. And I have a note that that'll be uh, deferred. Yeah, we're going to defer this again to, so let's do the motion first, and then we'll have uh, John come up, Councilman Lee. So uh, is there any objection, or your motion on uh, the deferral of item number 50? Councilman Lee? I move. Any objections to the deferral of that item to 517? Is that where? Yes. Okay. To our, or 614? Uh, it's going to be subject to what John okay. has to say. So we'll come back to it. Okay. Go ahead. So, so, John, thanks for coming up. And, and we've been dealing, uh, obviously, with this for since 2021. And, um, and so for those who don't have an agenda, this is concerning uh, changing uh, changes that will allow for increases in pay for all parish employees but also starting pay rates uh, for new employees. So it, this involves both employee retention, uh, increased opportunities for more employee retention, but also it, it allows us to be more attractive uh, in the uh, workplace environment. So whereas we're competing against uh, others who are hiring people at higher, higher rates. And so uh, we, this week, uh, I'd received a memo, and I wanted you to explain, uh, you know, that, that memo and uh, as well as give us an update uh, on where we are in this process so that uh, we'll know how to be able to move forward in terms of uh, ensuring that we get this done for our parish employees. Right. So you're correct, Councilman. Uh, you know, the, the project that's underway relative to the pay plan project is twofold in a sense that we are trying to address our minimum entrance rate to attract new employees, but also we want to also consider um, adjustments throughout the pay plan so that it helps us from a retention standpoint. So we want to avoid if we make any changes on the front end relative to entrance pay, we do something to address compression issues that it would potentially cause. So that being said, we did receive an update from the um, Archer Company, our consultant that's working on the project, and that was given to the personnel board at the April 18th meeting, which was last Tuesday. And during that time, he indicated that he has completed his work relevant to uh, variations of minimum pay adjustments. And this is something that the board wanted to see, some options related to minimum pay. He's also provided options as it relates to addressing compression issues that may be in the form of lump sum payments to current employees. Going forward, he has, as of yesterday, provided information to us on the relative cost of those uh, various options. So in addition to what he's provided, which is a, a general estimate, the budget department will provide information to the personnel board, the budget and the finance department, relative to the overall cost when we add in benefits and retirement and also annual merit increases. Going forward, the board uh, definitely wants to see this information because that'll help in, in determining what direction we go in. Um, also, the board will be conducting public meetings, East and West Bank of the parish, 
This will give the employees as well as the general public an opportunity to comment on any proposals that would potentially be sent to the council. Um, typically, those meetings are held in the evening, so that's a good time for everyone to have an opportunity to come and participate. Uh, going forward, uh, the board will analyze this information and ultimately present its recommendation to the council. But speaking to the memo, um, a short time ago, we received information relative to an existing state law that has been on the books for quite some time. It was unbeknown to us at the time, but uh, it affects whether or not we can move forward with changing our pay if it's 15% or greater. And this is to coincide with the election of a governor. So we are in the election year for a governor. So six months prior to the election, we may not be able to make changes if it amounts to 15% uh, greater than what we are currently at relative to pay rates. And we, we don't know that right now. We, we don't. Obviously, there's not been right. any public hearing yes. in regards to that. I was, I was really disturbed by what I read uh, with that revised statute that was provided uh, and what it could suggest. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, we've been at this for quite some time. Yes. And... Uh, I'm not aware uh, how you came about that. Who, who provided you with that? Actually, we received it from uh, Ms. Giggenheimer of the parish president's office. From there, uh, the board requested an opinion, which was received last Tuesday from the parish attorney's office. Okay. So, so the opinion was what from the parish attorney's office? Right. That the, the statute, first of all, applies to us, and that the board would want to consider not making any changes until after the gubernatorial election. Okay, so we have employees in the parish who can, and, and certainly let me say this, I know that we have to go through the budgetary process in order to support any changes that are made. Is that correct? That's right. Okay, so with that being said, that's something that we'll be dealing with this fall, so on and so forth. Right. So if we followed uh, the recommendations or, uh, or that we should uh, carefully consider the, rec the, the, the revised statute, there would not be a pay increase possibly until next year. Right, the beginning of next year. Okay, so let me say, I felt that that memo should have been provided earlier, earlier this year. It's like, to me, it was like a poison pill. You can do this, but oh, let me say there may be some criminal activities that take place if this body agrees that the, the deserving people of this parish, both inclusive, not only those who work for us, but also with our fire departments who would also be entitled to those raises, to suggest that there is anything improper with them getting a raise or qualifying for a raise during this year is ludicrous to me. And I thought the timing of it, I thought it was ill-timed, and I thought it was mean-spirited. That's, that's how I felt. We're going to continue to move forward with this. But as far as I'm concerned, this is the right mission. This is the right mission to, to, we, that we have to give our employees every bit of opportunity in terms of pay to not only retain them, but to be able to compete in this marketplace. We have 700-plus job openings. Now, let me tell you what's ironic to me. When I looked at 
this meeting and the previous and previous council meetings and no disrespect to the raises that were approved or the pay grades that were approved for others. In my mind, how does that happen and how is that not a conflict? Okay, when this statute claims that it could be. Now, there's a difference between is and could be. And so the reality is, is this. What I want to know from you and from anybody else who wants to get involved with this, what is the last date by which we'll be able to get all of this resolved so that we can move forward with this new pay plan and uh, new pay rates for parish employees? Council, now I'll be honest with you. I can't give you a definitive date, but I can assure you that we are working on it. We're working very diligently. The board is very uh, cognizant of what needs to be done, and the board is going through its vetting process. And as soon as uh, they've completed that work, they will provide something to the council. Okay. So, okay. So, thank you for that answer. Now, here's my here's my uh, next one, and it may not involve you, John. It may involve Tim. It may involve someone from the administration. Okay. Have we had any discussions about COLAs? No. Cost of living adjustments no. for our parish employees? No, the board has not. So so what do we have to do to begin that conversation? That's a, a simply a recommendation that the council would have to make to the personnel board to uh, offer a COLA, cost of living increase. Okay. Now, you, you, you know why I'm going there is because we have a lot of employees who work very hard, and some of them are compromised in that they can't take a second job. Because if, if, if they insert, have certain titles and certain positions, and if their supervisor deemed to, that to be of conflict, that person has only one income. And in many ways, it's patently unfair because we know the cost of fuel has went up, the cost of food has went up. We see it all over. Insurance, flood insurance, everything is going up, but yet, we haven't talked about perhaps looking at a COLA. So I will make that rec rec uh, uh, recommendation or uh, I will do a resolution if need be for that, for the personnel board to review that because we have to find some remedy to this because we've been kicking this can down the road far too long. Thank you. Appreciate it. So do you want to kick that down the road to June 14th? Yes. <laughs> One more kick? Yes. One more kick. All right. So uh, your motion on that deferral? I move to June 14th. Any objection to the deferral of item number 50 to June 14th on motion of Councilman Lee, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. I think now would be a good time to uh, jump back to executive session on uh, page three. And... Um, Where's the item, Madam Clerk? I'm going back to it. Item number four. Item number four, please. A resolution authorizing the council to go into executive session to discuss legal matters concerning the lawsuit entitled James Sheck Snyder versus Jefferson Parish Fire Department, Office of Workers' Compensation, docket number 21-02567, District 7. Councilman Template, your motion. Any objection to the adoption of that resolution? A motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. We're now in executive session.
All right, everybody, if you can take your seats, we'll get back to business. All right, we're back in uh, session. Miss uh, Miss Yula, Madam Clerk, can you please read that executive session resolution? Hang on, sorry. There you go. Unmute yours. It still is yellow. Do you have yours unmuted? There it is. Okay. A resolution authorizing a settlement concerning the lawsuit entitled James Schecksneider versus Jefferson Parish Fire Department, Office of Workers' Compensation, docket number 21-02567, District 7. Any objection to that uh, resolution from executive session? Hearing none. Um, any objection, excuse me, any objection to the approval of that resolution on motion of Councilman Templet, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. And we can jump ahead to our uh, consent agenda two, Ms. Yula and uh, Councilman Template. Your motion on the in globo adoption of consent agenda two, items 51 through 96, minus 97. Okay, so is there any objection to the in globo adoption of items? Excuse me, Mr. Chairman. We also have item number 67 that needs to be deferred, as well as 97. 67 as well? I'm sorry, I missed that. That was a late request all right so any objection to the in globo adoption of items 51 through 96 minus 97 which will be deferred to 517 and 67 to 517 as well on motion of councilman template seconded by councilman walker hearing none so ordered that takes us to item number 98 please and the addendum agenda number one on addendum agenda please A resolution selecting from persons or firms interested and qualified to provide professional engineering services related to the design and construction of East Bank Jefferson Parish Animal Adoption and Services Facility. Council District 2. Councilman Bonanno. There you go. Unmuted them all. Move on. Uh, Meyer Engineering. Any objections to the selection of Meyer Engineering? A motion of Councilman Bonanno, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. At addendum agenda, items 2 through 30 now, minus 16 and 17, which are to be amended, and 23, which is to be canceled. Your motion on that, Councilman Template? I move. Any objection to the adoption of addendum agenda items 2 through 30, minus 16 and 17, which are to be amended, and 23, which is to be canceled? On motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. If I may, Council. Council. Yep. Um, does this include number 14? Yes. Yeah, then I, 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 I have to make an objection on 14 and ask that it be pulled out for discussion. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. We were going to vote on it, and then Councilman Bonanno would ask for that to be pulled out. Unless you have – you want to do it before we – okay. Please. Gotcha. All right, so um, let's take that one separately, Madam Clerk. I'll do it one more time. Any objection to the adoption of addendum agenda items – 2 through 30, minus 17, 16 and 17, which are to be amended, 23, which is to be canceled, and number 13, excuse me, 14, that's right, right? Yes, 14, which will be 
pulled for discussion on motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. So now let's go to uh, number 14, please, Madam Clerk. A resolution creating the Jefferson Parish Homeless Task Force, designating the composition and duties of the task force, and providing for related matters. Councilman Bonanno, I'll move Council for discussion. Whoever likes to go. go ahead. I'll yield to my colleague, Mr. Vistado. You said you had wanted to discuss that. Yeah, I, look, I, um, I certainly applaud, and I think there's probably, you, I'm, I don't want to be presumptuous, but I think there's a pretty under, unanimous understanding amongst the council members and the parish president that we've got a homeless issue in Jefferson Parish that needs to be dealt with. And I think all of us were at a forum recently on the West Bank held to address that very issue. My challenge, and I applaud and agree that whatever resources we can dedicate to addressing the issues we need to commit to, and I support that. Uh, I certainly support the idea of a task force to attempt to address the homeless issue. My concern is this seems to be focused on the building of a homeless shelter in Jefferson Parish. And when I read the verbiage of the resolution, um, my biggest concern, and actually calls that I've gotten from a number of constituents are, Where's it going to go? Is this going in my neighborhood? Is this going by my business? Is this going? And it's difficult for me to think of a street, a neighborhood, a business that is prepared to deal with what comes with having a homeless shelter in Jefferson Parish. Uh, and that's my big concern is uh, before we get to size, before we get to what it's like, uh, we're asking our residents and our businesses to take on the burden of what comes with operating a homeless shelter. And that's, look, I think the, the risk we run is exacerbating the challenge in Jefferson Parish by bringing more and more homeless into it. It's not a crime to be homeless. I get it. Um, it's also, and that's also why if you go down by the homeless shelters in New Orleans, you see come 8 o'clock in the morning, they disperse and are everywhere around where those homeless shelters are. And that, I think, is a potential concern, uh, certainly for me, uh, in what neighborhoods, what businesses are going to have to deal with something that they're not having to currently deal with. And so uh, for those reasons, I, I have to object to the approval. So, And if I may, listen, we all agree with you that where a facility goes is going to be a challenge for this entire council. Uh, the object here is not to build a traditional shelter. If you come to the facility we build, you have to agree to stay there and get treated. This is going to be a holistic approach where you're going to get treated for your drug addictions, your mental, your mental illness, you can be provided return to work training and, and temporary housing. So maybe the word shelter is not the proper word. Maybe it's a homeless treatment center. The purpose of this is we get, you know, we already have $3.6 million in the bank. We have some 400 people living on our streets. We all think that that's not a good view, a good vision for our parish. We need to have an opportunity and an, abil an ability to take those dollars and treat these individuals and get them back into society. Now, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Where that facility is going to go is going to be the biggest challenge. So my goal here is to have these subject matter experts, which I am not, tell us how big a facility, how many beds, what type of treatment services do we need to provide there, 
Obviously, there's going to be counseling rooms, there's going to be medical treatment rooms, a kitchen, bedrooms, all that. So that's the only goal here is to get those subject matter experts into one room and tell us that. So then we can then look and say, is there a proper place in Jefferson Parish to put one, and where is that place? So that's just the discussion I want to have. This, this committee in no way establishes a location of, of a shelter. And that, like I said, I don't believe it should be a true sh a shelter in the form that we all think of that you see in New Orleans, but more of a treatment facility, a return to life facility. Councilman uh, Template. Yes, and, and, and on that same note, uh, on that same note, maybe maybe we can make an amendment, Councilman Venano, to where it's basically that we're uh, looking at a, a board to look at the issue as a, a holistic issue instead of looking at a facility itself because look there's a lot of faith-based groups out there and organizations that can step up and we can talk to and look at accommodating the issues we need for the homelessness and the needy in Jefferson Parish uh, and maybe maybe it's not that the verbiage says that we're looking for a place to put a facility is that we we are looking at how we can help and address the homelessness to this committee, I, and I, I don't know if that would relieve any any issues because instead of saying it's a facility, we're looking for a place in Jefferson Parish that we're looking at the, uh, an option to, to address the homelessness and mental capabilities of some of the citizens on our streets. Councilman Lee, uh, yes, uh, in the spirit of what he's uh, proposing, I mean, I I, uh, I support it. Uh, the, the, we've been kicking uh, this issue down the road for many years. If you recall, three years ago, uh, I think within our second council meeting, we had delegations here who came to talk about homelessness and the fact that we needed to come, with, come up with some solution uh, to remedy it. And certainly, as you all know, and as you can see all across this parish, it's gotten worse. And so I, I, don't, uh, I know that NIMBYism exists, uh, and uh, no one wants it in their backyard. I, I understand that, but the reality is, is that I think the the rightful step here is to be able to move forward to bring in those type of people who've been working with this population uh, that understands uh, not only their their uh, perhaps can help and assist them with not only their homelessness issues, but also their psychological problems. Uh, that exists as well. None, we do not want to see what we see when we cross the bridge. And I think what this is about is making sure that we don't see that type of stuff. And that so it may not be one building, it may be more than one building because certainly that has been floated as well. Uh, but whatever we do, it, we need to have, do it in, in a way where we've done our uh, due diligence and that we can find some happy medium because nobody likes to see what we see. But the reality is if we do nothing, it's going to just continue to get worse. Mr. Epistato, is there some language that would make you more comfortable? I mean, and I, and I respect everything everybody's saying. It's, it's the ultimate. To me, we get to the end goal. And to me, no matter what the end goal is, if the end result is putting a treat, a, 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 you can call it a treatment facility, you can call it a homeless shelter, I, have to, I think we still get to the ultimate question, where's it going to go? So what neighborhood's willing to take it? What district does it go in? Is it Old Metairie? Is it Bucktown? Is it Kenner? Is it Harahan? Is it, and, and I just, I don't believe the citizens in Jefferson Parish uh, and the businesses 
are prepared to deal with what comes from it. Um, and so that's that's my concern. Listen, I'm not lobbying votes. I'm just stating my position, I and, I, and I respect I that. And I certainly don't believe in kicking the can down the road. And look, we, and, and I can tell you, we've all been part of, I mean, I initiated a meeting that in conjunction with Paris President Lee Shang back in November when we met and you were there, most, I think most of the people in this room were there um, with the sheriff to address it. As the news reported today, we've taken steps at this level, including the administrative changes with code. So, I mean, I think we're doing a lot of things to, um, to try and rectify the problem within what the Constitution allows. My concern is, is everything centered around the building of, I mean, look, we had, we had items deferred today for the building of a private, a privatized drug, temporary drug and alcohol treatment facility because it was down the street from Stonebridge neighborhood on the West Bank because the citizens are so petrified of what comes with it. And my fear is wherever this comes, wherever this would go, I believe our citizens and our businesses will be absolutely petrified of the consequences. By our own admission, these are, we believe, or at least the experts tell us, these are mentally ill predominantly, drug users, alcohol abusers. So we're basically putting them and giving them the attractive nuisance to congregate and be, and I, I just think that's a burden that I don't believe. I think we could put our resources. Look, are there alternatives? There's, I'm sure there's lots of alternatives. Is it put our money and resources in facilities that already exist elsewhere? Is it? I, and I don't know what those alternatives are. My whole my whole concern has to do with the parish building and housing a facility uh, for that. That's my concern. And so, I, I, look. I, I didn't. I didn't intend to talk again. I really didn't. Okay. No. And and let me ask you. No. Let me ask something for clarification too, because my interpretation, Councilman Bonanno, was that this could possibly, potentially, a, a facility be located in a, in an industrial area. Correct. It would be a facility that you're not coming and going from. No. You're you're dropped off or you arrive there and you stay there. So you're not you're not. No entering and leaving at any point except when would, you get there and then when that. you're treated and you leave. Right. I would not support a facility where you're going to come and spend the night, get a meal, and then leave in the morning. That's so this would, be, this would be a full-fledged facility that you check into and you check out of when you're, quote-unquote, recovered or you've been treated to the extent. It may not. Listen, the door is wide open. So this is just an exploratory committee that tells us, hey, what do we need to do? There are so many organizations out there that currently provide different services to the homeless population, but they're scattered. So we need to put them all in one room and say, okay, guys, you guys do this every day. We don't. Tell us what we need. Do you have a problem with a motion to defer? Maybe for one meeting. Oh, no, that's fine. I think we're unified in, in the concern, and mm -hmm. um, so maybe just vetting the language a little bit will allow us to get Absolutely. to something we're all comfortable with because I think the other thing we, we worry about, or I know I worry about, you know, sometimes um, – Entities at the church level or the community level are best able to address things, and it's not always government. So I hate to see us create another structure when we might have organizations who can meet the needs if we support them instead of creating something different. Oh, absolutely. So, and there are two spots on here for religious organizations as well as two spots for nonprofits, and each of the cities of the parish have a spot as well. I think the bottom line here is that 100 homeless pre-COVID became 400, could become 800 if we don't do something. So this council is committed to doing something, and we will Absolutely. do something as soon as we get it right the next meeting. Let's move so. to the next meeting. We'll move to defer to the May meeting. All right. Is there any? 
Anybody else? I'm sorry. May 17th. 17th. Is there any objection to the deferral of item number 14 to our May 17th meeting on motion of Councilman Bonanno, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. So now we move to uh, number 16, Madam Clerk. A resolution amending the cooperative endeavor agreement between the Parish of Jefferson <clears throat> and Jefferson Facilities, Inc. to add Jefferson Redevelopment, Inc. as a party to the agreement, amend the term of the agreement, and add a payment provision in an amount not to exceed $2,763,686.59 for Council District 1, and the amendment is to add the account number, which is 45600-4076-7670-56030.015. Councilman Edwards, your motion on the amendment? Move to approve. Any objection to the adoption of that item, uh, number 16, as amended on motion of Councilman Edwards, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. Item number 17 with an amendment to Madam Clerk. Is a resolution approving the cooperative endeavor agreement between the Parish of Jefferson and Congregation of Christ the King Roman Catholic Church to provide one comfort station, and the amendment is to add one stage during the Christ the King Church Fair, a recreational and cultural fair which will benefit the citizens of the Parish of Jefferson in Council District 1. And the um, addition of one stage is in the fourth whereas, sixth whereas, and in Section 1. Councilman Edwards, your motion on the amendment? Move to approve. Any objections to the adoption of item number 17 on the addendum agenda as amended? A motion of Councilman Edwards, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. That takes us to number 99 in special districts, please. And a resolution approving a cooperative endeavor agreement between the Parish of Jefferson and 3rd District Volunteer Fire Department regarding the transfer of $50,000 in state funding appropriated for operating expenses, Council Districts 2, 3, and 4. Councilman Bonanno. To approve. Any objections to the adoption of that resolution? A motion of Councilman Bonanno, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. No new business, no status reports. That takes us to persons appearing before the council on special subject matters, not appearing on the agenda or addendum agenda. You have three minutes to speak after you fill out a request to speak card in the back of chambers. Please state your name and address for the record. Al Morella, 4260 East Loyola Drive, 5th District, Canada, 4th District, Gun Incorporated, Jefferson, 51 years. Campaign contribution from the last council meeting, $338,350. Top five benefactors. Councilman Impostado, Councilman Lee, Councilwoman Van Rankin, uh, Parish President Lee Shane, Councilman Templet at number four, and Councilman Scott Walker at number five. John, Governor John Bell Edwards, I'm demanding your resignation effective immediately. The scandal that just took place at the Wildlife and Fisheries Office uh, involving two of your buddies, including the one you appointed to run it, okay? The mismanagement of the OSM or the LSM, whatever you want to call it, the Office of State Museums. Now, Attorney General Mary Garland, uh, you are a disgrace to this country, a disgrace to the entire 
U.S. Department of Justice. Now you have the audacity to try to stick your nose in business down here concerning LCMC and the acquisition of three two-lane medical centers. I stand behind Jeff Landry, and I stand behind LCMC on this one. Now, I want to direct this to the parish president concerning the issue with our libraries. First of all, Parish President Lee Shang, you was quoted as saying you're working with some of the best minds with PhDs in science concerning issues like this. Let me just say this. I'm going to go back 40 years of an incident that happened in Kenna, 1982. Police Chief Salentini, we was getting reports of an adult bookstore on Airline Highway that had nefarious activities going on. It went on deaf ears. Sheriff Harry Lee stepped in, raided the place, took everyone out of their handcuffs and padlocked the doors. Libraries are a learning institution, not an indoctrination center to push a sick, twisted, and perverted political agenda on our children. You either got to comply with the obscenity laws of this state and this parish, or are we going to shut you down and cut off your finances? I hate to see anybody put out on the street without a job, but if that's what it's going to take to stop this indoctrination that's taking place and these obscene books, and they don't try to hide it. I've seen the books in the newspaper with the titles all right on the front cover. This is, this is my opinion on it. This is how you deal with this. We don't need no 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 people with PhDs. We don't need any kind of science or anything. Enforce the law. It's common sense. It's, it's time to say. Right and what's wrong. Anybody got any comments, any questions? Go ahead, Parish President Lee Shang. I'm listening. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Your, hit your button. There it is. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Isle, this is one that... Um, I just have to use the word indoctrinating, and I have to defend our library staff and our employees. They are educated in library science. They are educated in how to develop a collection. They try to develop as vast of a collection as all the interests and needs and, and the people that we have um, in our parish. They look at the selection of books. They look at journals. They look at um, bestseller lists. They look at you know um, literary award lists, school library journals. They have a whole host of resources that they use to assemble a collection that we can all be proud of in Jefferson Parish, even though we all might not agree with all the issues in the library. Um, we have a collection of over 660,000 books. Every week we bring in 1,300 new materials, so what many people might not realize is our librarians really aren't reading the material that comes in the door every day. If we did, we wouldn't have a vibrant collection because the people would be just selecting books and reading books before they put it in. and we, we would have a stale collection. Um, so when it's challenged, we have a good process, a, a, a process that I, I believe in. Um, our library director has assembled a team of people with different backgrounds to review every book that's challenged. And there's really only three things you can do. You can put the book back where it was and assigned, um, and that's their research, and that's there's a whole catalog of why things go in certain places. Um, you can move it to a different area, or you can remove it from the collection. And they'll make their recommendation to our library director, and um, 
the library director will decide and, and she will consult with me and, and I could overrule it, I'm sure, but I'm, I am basing, I'm not educated in this stuff and I am basing, um, I, I believe in the system that they have. So if you come to our library and you, and you react and, and, you, and you engage with any of our librarians, our library staff, you would not walk away with the feeling that they're trying to indoctrinate anyone. Um, they're there to answer your questions. They're there to answer people who have a certain interest to move them to the section that they want, just like we all have, have encountered at our library. So um, I understand, you know, we, there's different opinions on this, but I, I don't think it's fair to our hardworking staff um, to be told that they're spending their days trying to indoctrinate people. I got any time left to respond, uh, Congressman Walker? I had no time before. I'll give you 10 more seconds. Wrap it up, please. Okay. First of all, I appreciate your comments, Paris President Lee Shang, on this issue. We wouldn't be standing here talking about it. We wouldn't be having this conversation if it wasn't a problem. I'm not painting all of them with a broad brush. There are some fantastic ones you write. I go to the library in Kenneth quite frequently. But then again, you do have some bad actors. And we got to weed them out. And anything that's in those libraries is inappropriate for our children. We're not interested in moving them around. Get them out of the library. They don't belong there. Thank you, Mr. Dow. Thank you. Uh, Charles Marsala. I, I guess I first want to thank I'm, I'm assuming that the parish does have a role. We had a great festival this past weekend for the Italian community, and we're looking at uh, you know, there's a strong Italian connection in Jefferson Parish. Thank you for your support. I saw Councilman Van Rankin there. And um, we have a lot of great things going on in Jefferson Parish with the Italian community we hope to expand on. I do want to say, uh, and I learned something here, and, and thank, I want to first also thank Mark Drews and, and Byron Parks. Uh, West End has been cleaned up dramatically. The trees have been cleaned. Uh, debris was removed. And, it, and all the process to get that done, it looks fantastic. I have been in touch with the state, and I now understand completely about the state owning that piece of land. I got an email yesterday from them um, because I have some uh, environmental groups that are actually interested in leasing the pylons in that area that's on the water that's on state-controlled land. And they came back and said that they have to get permission from you guys to do that. So I just want to let you know we're going to maybe keep that process rolling because that's a pelican colony there. There's eagles there now. We've got pictures of the eagles in the trees. We've got Quaker parrots. We've got a lot of other uh, animals in marine life. I've got some great pictures of turtles there. So there's some environmental groups that are interested because those leases are empty over the water. And, they, and that would come through you. So now I'm back full circle. But uh, thank you for all you've been doing. And we're getting a lot of things. This progress is moving. Thank you. Good afternoon. My name is Clayton Cangelosi. Um, talk about a couple things, and the one thing I want to address is uh, the issue of, and I'm not going to talk about this much on this. We'll talk more about this on my radio show tonight. But the changing of money from one district to out of Van Rankin's district into Bananos district without the consent, just to get votes. And I really think that we need to look into that because this is all about buying votes. You mysteriously announce your candidacy for running for an office, and then you turn up and you move money. I'm completely 
for the city of West Waco. I'm for doing something for the city of West Waco. It's not about that. It's about the way it was done. It's about the way it looks. It's, it was brought to my attention to look into this and to investigate it, and we're going to talk about this on my show tonight. So with that said, I want to address the homeless population um, also and what's going on with the begging on the street. But before I go there, I want to talk about what happened yesterday in the legislative community. What happened in the legislative uh, – we, we went, I went to the legislators. The bill that moved to make – it easier to get officials out like what happened with Byron Lee. I testified and stated that what he did to me, I was a victim of a rogue criminal politician that attacked me, used his seat to attack me. We're in criminal process. I could have used that seat to had him uh, taken out of office a lot easier. The problem is it's almost impossible. It's going to be made a lot more easy. It's going to go from instead of 30% of the total registered voters to how many people voted for him. So I only need 2,000 signatures to get him out of office if he runs again, if that's the same amount of money. Um, back to the issue of the homeless and the begging on the street, there are plenty of places we can put these facilities. We have a lot of open land. We got back between maybe the Lafitte LaRose Highway, back going towards St. Charles Parish. But one of the biggest issues that we need to address is the begging on the street. Now, I understand the Supreme Court said it's their First Amendment right to beg. I'm so tired of pulling up at the corner of a street, and it happens a lot. It don't happen in no Metairie. I don't see this happening when I drive down Metairie Road, but it happens on the West Bank. I'm tired of getting hit up by, oh, give me a dollar, give me five dollars, give me ten dollars, give me twenty dollars. Go get a job. I work hard for my money. I don't need it to go support your drugs. I don't mind buying a homeless person food. I'll buy it all day long. But we need to address this. I'm tired. If I have to get a permit and get retaliated against uh, criminal Byron Lee, um, you, if I have the personal that, attacks, please. Well, it's not personal attacks. It's it true. is. If I got to get retaliated by a member of this seat that's a criminal, is 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 you know, then at the end of the day. It's my First Amendment right to believe he's a criminal, and he is. Um, but at the end of the day, if I, if I got to deal with that and get a permit, they should have to have a permit. What's good for the gander is good for the goose is good for the gander. That's your time. Let's put these people in your neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Kenzelosi, please, you had your time. <laughs> Good afternoon. Um, my name is Lisa Carlin, 282 Orchard Road, River Ridge. So today, in fact, right now, the LED Board of Commerce and Industry is reviewing industrial tax exemption applications. And one of those applications was submitted by American Plant Food. APF wants to add another chemical plant at Cornerstone Chemical Complex to produce fertilizer. Now, there's a lot of things to consider when deciding if a fertilizer plant is good for our community or not, but that's a separate SPU and zoning variance decision that the council will need to make. The LED is deciding today about APF's ITEP exemptions that focus on job creation. And you'll be approving those ex exemptions or rejecting them as well. Now, things like job location, job duties, work hours, and working conditions are not considered at all. So job desirability is not a factor when the LED board considers applications. They're just looking at number of new jobs and salaries. So how many new fertilizer plant jobs will APF create? These are low desirability jobs, so they should be high-paying jobs. Now, when the APF flyer came out last October and during the APF open house, the public was told that salaries would average $120,000 a year. Now, that's double the median household income in Jefferson Parish. 
page 187 of APF's LDEQ application says 103 new jobs will be created. The APF website says 100 plus jobs at $100,000 a year. Now, Neil Wagaspak, the project manager for APF, told the Wagaman Civic Association, well, actually, it's 35 to 50 jobs and didn't mention salary. So what's on APF's ITEP application? Page 281 of the LED board packet for today says, get ready for this, 13 new jobs with an annual payroll of 728000 That's just $56,000 a year. And yes, there are construction jobs, but these are temporary jobs and often filled by out-of-state workers. APF listed buildings and materials, machinery and equipment, and labor, and calculated annual five-year and 10-year exemption totals. APF is looking for an annual tax exemption of $5.9 million and just over $47 million over 10 years. That's $3.6 million in tax exemptions for each job created. But the bigger question here is not about ITEP. It's about whether or not another chemical plant producing fertilizer is a good idea for Jefferson Parish. I mean, the only reason to support a fertilizer plant is creation of new jobs. But now that we know the truth that it's just 13 new jobs in the hazardous chemical industry sector, paying $2,500 a year less than the median household income in Jefferson Parish, I mean, how is this going to benefit the 426,000 citizens in Jefferson Parish? And I have the source documents for each of the council um, members because I think some of these numbers are a little hard to believe, but here they are. Thank you. Thank you. Make it higher. It's 509 home. We're just trying to spark some curiosity and away we go, right? Now, there's somebody going to present some straight facts for you. She's got them straightened facts. Here's one for you, $28.3 million for that Ready Start Network. We took 300000 from that state treasury, 300000 out of $28.2 million. I think you all left some meat on the table and you sent our tax dollars to Shreveport, Orleans, Baton Rouge, any number of the 19 or 20 other parishes that have a Ready Start Network. You let our money go there instead of here. Don't just give a dollar. A million dollars, hundred million dollars for preventive maintenance. It's just a joke. In questions of the construct, in every question of the construct, let's take our ba ourselves back to a spirit in which, within which it was debated, rather than squeeze from the text or invent against it. We got to figure some of this out, right? I would love to be just coming up here to, to tell you all about Jazz Fest, right? New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Fest going to happen this next weekend, the next two weekends. And how, what a wonderful time we could all have with this. If we loved our neighbor, then we wouldn't be having to have so many disagreements about these things. We're disenfranchised to our neighbor. We steal from our neighbor. Our neighbor steals from us. Orleans took our money because we didn't take it. Been made a cabal, a vendue. All because you suffer for the woes and whims of a democracy and nobody wants to wake up and see it for what it is. You just got to wake up. You got to be willing to look at what you've done, said, hey, maybe I didn't get this right. Back up. Rethink it. Stop sign's just a symbol. It's just a tool. I spent an hour on the phone with the guy, Charles Keller, who's a chief engineer for the Traffic Improvement Association that crafted this language in the 1960s that we defer to as a default. 
wild, wild west. Stop sign won't have any impact. In fact, it'll make it worse. Stop sign might lead to the death of your children. Give me a break. I spoke to Sergeant Dave with our traffic division for an hour about this. You can't take any action because your pride's got the best of you. Your ego won't, won't let it happen. You want to pretend that the impaired driver that, that took out the $250,000 ambulance that we're all going to pay for one way or another, capital budget, operating budget, executive session, uh, auto insurance rates, they're all going up because you all let that accident happen on home. And yeah, that woman was drunk. It was her fourth DUI. We're going to pay for her to be incarcerated. We're going to pay for every bit of this. And as long as nobody cares about how the money's getting taken, as long as apportioned taxation doesn't matter to any of you, or uniform taxation, as long as these fundamental principles that guide for these things matter less than the process or the reasoning that you can defer to, that your opportunities to blame shift to any other governing body, wake up, please. I'm begging y'all. You can do better than this. We all deserve better than this. Good afternoon, Nancy Pearson, 8924 Rensu Drive, president of the River Ridge Community Association. First, I'd like to thank you. I think we had three resolutions on the agenda today. Uh, thank you very much. We're looking forward to uh, some nice landscaping along Jefferson Highway. Uh, it's way, way too late, but uh, thank you very much for that. We appreciate that. And one is for uh, a political forum that we'll have in August, the week after qualifications. So. We haven't found out who everybody is that's running, but we're looking forward to that. We hopefully, will be the first political forum that we have after qualifications. On another subject, uh, many of you were at that meeting in Wagaman concerning uh, the Cornerstone property, and we asked then of LDEQ to have a public hearing here at the Yenny Building so that everybody could have a voice. And uh, I understand that Cornerstone has decided they didn't want to come to that. But we really do, before you do any other actions at that property concerning any of the facilities there on that, court, that 800 and, I think, 42, 842 acres, I believe it is, that, that we have a public hearing where the public can ask questions, not where we can just say our piece and then not get questions answered. So far, we haven't been able to get our questions answered. And we really do need that before we do anything else. The last time they got a tax exemption, uh, the parish lost a lot of money. And, and they're making a lot of money. And they should have at least 50% of their employees living in Jefferson Parish. At that public hearing, the gentleman talking on behalf of Cornerstone said they have 30% of their employees living in Jefferson Parish. So before we take any more action on that property, we really should have a public hearing so that public has a chance to ask the questions that we've, we've been asking of officials, we've been asking of them. You know, most of you know that I went on a tour over at Cornerstone and, and they gave me the whole spiel and everything and then I came back and talked to a few of you and found out that what they had told me was absolutely not correct. So we need to have it in the public so that the public can hear, so the media can hear, and so all of Jefferson here Parish, here's what's going on on that property before we do any other actions. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? All right, thanks. Madam Clerk, please read the ordinances for introduction into summary. Resub of lots A3 and WL Square 5, Oakdale Subdivision, Section B, docket number WS 18622. 
resub of lot two and parcel A, Pelicans Landing Subdivision, docket number WS2823. Resub of parcel FN3 Fairfield Business Park into lots one through three, square 22 Fairfield Business Park, docket number WS17622. Resub of lot A1 and a portion of Buttercup Drive right of way, square 11 floral acre subdivision into lot A1A square 11 floral acre subdivision, docket number WS623. Resub of lots B24B1 and B24B2A Ames Farm subdivision under docket number WS823. Amending the official zoning map of Jefferson Parish Lot 68A1 Ida Plantation Subdivision from R1D Rural to R1A Docket Number WZ423. An ordinance amending the official zoning map and the official land use map of Jefferson Parish for certain lots or portions of lots bounded by Airline Drive, Little Farms Avenue, Canadian National Railway, CN Rail, and Fillmore Street, more particularly from R1MH, R3C1, and C2, with certain properties overlaid with CPZ to R2 and R1A. Amending the official zoning map of Jefferson Parish for certain lots or portions of lots bounded by the West Bank Expressway, Silver Lily Lane, Acre Road, and Martin Drive, more particularly amending the zoning from R3C1 and R1A to R2. An ordinance approving the request submitted under docket number SP6422 for variances to the sign regulations for a take Five car wash located at 250 Lopalco Boulevard on lots D2, C1, D2A, and D2B, Unit 1, Square 2, Meadowbrook Subdivision. Approving the request submitted under docket number SP6622 for a variance to the sign regulations of the MUCD for Joe's Cafe located at 2912 Bell Chase Highway on lot 1A Square A Southwood West Subdivision. An ordinance approving the request submitted under docket number SP123 for variances to the sign regulations of the MUCD for Take 5 Car Wash located at 3851 Lapalco Boulevard on lot A1A4 Soleil Subdivision. An ordinance to amend Chapter 2, Article 6, Division 8 of the Code. An ordinance amending the 2023 Operating Budget of Jefferson Parish. An ordinance amending the 2023 Capital Budget of Jefferson Parish. That's all of the items I have to read into summary. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Any objection to the adoption of the ordinances read into summary? A motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Any objection to the motion to adjourn by all council members present? Hearing none so ordered, this meeting is adjourned.